Hey there, guys. Welcome to episode 14 of Moving Picture Madness. My name is Ant, and as always, I'm joined by the Southern Stake, the podcast king, Matt Hudson. How is lockdown two? Uh, medium rare for me, mate. <laughs> the lockdown strikes back, Sergeant Stake. No, it's not bad, mate. It is what it is. It's Every every week now, it's going to be the same answer. It's just, yeah, we're still here. We're still cracking on with lockdown, yeah. still adhering to the rules, wearing the mask, blah, blah, blah. Uh, other than that, mate, yeah, I'm doing all right. I've got a cup of coffee today with caffeine in, so I'm ready to rock and roll. But um, how are you doing, Northern Hunk? I'm not bad. I've got a I've got a big old cup of tea and um, I've got this old ass uh, Disney cup. Like it's not quite a Steamboat Willie, but it's one of the older Mickey Mouse sort of uh, designs. So I've got this yeah, yeah. massive cup anyway. So that should keep me going throughout this throughout this pod. Sweet. And in terms of Willie, that may not be the last you hear of this. Wait till you hear our last segment. Um, <laughs> I'll leave you on that um, on that cliffhanger, but. Uh, for episode 14, like Big Boy Ant said, 14 we're into now. Uh, this week, we're talking about everybody's favourite paranormal slayers. Who are we going to call? Ghostbusters! That's who we're going to call. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Ghostbusters films, uh, so the 1984, 1989, and Paul Feig's 2016 one, plus the upcoming one as well. And then a little chat about the games, the merch, the toys and whatnot as well, and the animated show. So You know how we do. You know how NPM do. That's it. We just... We just have it loose and ready, and uh, we, we're going to slime each other big and hard in this episode. So, um, and shall we crack on with the the first film then? So, 1984, Ivan Reitman directed this one. It's the it's the one that started it all off, isn't it, buddy? Yes, mate. Um, I, I, I've obviously we don't share our thoughts on uh, these films prior to recording, and I don't even remember sort of us talking about it too much before, but. Mm-hmm. This is this is uh, one of my all time faves, mate. This first one, I think this is a this is as close to perfect a film as you can get. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what it is going for as being a, a, a comedy sort of this little sci fi adventure comedy thing, it is close to perfect for me. Yep. I, I, how about you, mate? No, I dig this film, mate. Really, really do. I've always really, really liked this film. Uh, as a kid, it used to scare some parts of it used to scare me as a kid. Oh uh, yeah. And then rewatching it the other the other day, I was like, I can see why that would scare me for this film. Yeah. But it's but it's also really it's funny. It's really fun. It's light hearted, and the chemistry is just so good between the guys. That's, I really that's, like that it. is, isn't it? The, the chemistry it, is just gags work, mate. It looks good. Obviously, some of the effects are a bit janky, but that's just a time, isn't it? I'll overlook that. But it's just it's just a, one of those films, and it? it's synonymous with with that time, like the eight, early eighties Ghostbusters. It's the youth that youth of that time were growing up. They had this, and they just come out of Star Wars. Now they've got this, and then people like my age have got Turtles coming out soon. It's like a golden era for just like cool franchises. Because it wouldn't be too sad that you were coming off Return of the Jedi, thinking there was going to be no more Star Wars films for a long time, when you come out and you get Aliens and this in the same year. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's not a bad yeah, um, it's, trade. It's it perfectly paced uh some of the best jokes and and the jokes a lot of them are just little bits of body language and and little bits of chemistry and stuff it's not sort of overly written jokes or anything and just the world building in general to just come come out swinging with this and everything in it it's it's like we talk about with the, with the greatest sort of worlds out there we, we, we talk about this all the time me and you where we say 
it just all makes sense. You never once question when they're talking about all the terminology that they're talking about, everything with don't cross the streams and everything that they say. <laughs> it just kind of fits, doesn't it? You're just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. All of it makes sense. The proton packs, everything. It's just the the, the, the traps to put the ghosts in. They they make it so to the point where you're like, yeah, this is a world that exists and, and, I'm, and I'm in it. I'm behind it. I'm here for it. This is New York, and this is just what happens in New York when there's a ghosty about, <laughs> mate. That, yeah. that you mentioned that don't cross the streams. It's got so many wicked quotes in, and that's one of them. Obviously. Oh yeah, don't cross the street. Why? It would be bad. And then what the way he just completely tells him, try to imagine all life as you know it, stopping instantaneously, and every molecule yeah. in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. <laughs> right, that's bad. Okay, all right. It's like yeah, Venkman, Stance, Spengler, Zedemore. What a team! And oh, yeah. a lot of the gags come from obviously obviously Bill Murray's character, but also him just reacting to Ray and Egon. And apparently they just couldn't they just couldn't they couldn't get Bill Murray to do anything that they were saying at the time. Like Ivan Reitman said at the time he would he would turn up late to shoot. So he would, I don't mean like a couple hours. I mean like a couple of days. Like he just he just show up, and then there'd be days where they'd be filming and they didn't know if he was going to show up. But I suppose that just shows how hot he was at the time where mm-hmm. he can afford to just go, oh, I'll not turn up, I'll do what I want. And then it, they couldn't fire him. He, he's he's that good. He's a funny one, Bill Murray. He's always been a funny one, Bill Murray. He's always been like a his own like roguish rebel character. He's, he's got a strange way of uh, picking films. Basically, there's a story, there's a legend about Bill Murray, which is, as far as I'm aware, very, very true. I've heard this a few times now. But basically, he doesn't have an agent. He has a voice, he has a, an answering machine. And people pitch him stories on his answer machine, and <laughs> he'll basically just if he, he'll he'll find one and just go with that. He'll just pick one. Like, yeah, that will do. I'll go with that. So he doesn't. He just picks them based on an answer machine message. Uh, so he's a really odd way of doing it. But hell, he's an odd fella. Didn't he just? He's just got a job. I think it was a couple of years ago, working in a restaurant in an airport. That's it. I think he's like a bag boy or something like that. But yeah, something like that. He was. <laughs> He's just like a really. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's just like a really sort of sort of odd down to earth cynic, or if he's actually mad. Yeah, probably a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But um, him bouncing off Ackroyd and Harold Ramis is wonderful. His chemistry of Sigourney Weaver, who uh, in this film, the, the Sigourney the Siren in this film, and and Ernie <laughs> Hudson is just Ernie Hudson turns up. He's cool. I like Ernie Hudson. He still looks great now, actually, Ernie Hudson. If you yeah, he does, he looks, yeah. He looks like a right cake. Rick Moranis yeah, is does. wonderful. Annie Potts is great. It's just a wicked ensemble cast. Mm, yeah. Yeah, every single character in it is memorable. And there aren't that many characters in it. Outside, there's Ghostbusters. You've obviously got you, you've got Sigourney Weaver. You've got um, dropping off or picking up. <laughs> She's <laughs> the best. Um, yeah. It's, Slimer. It's Slimer, obviously. Don't Slimer. Yeah, it's just it's such a good. I, I was so happy to go back and watch it again for this, and it's one of those. If you if if I went downstairs and it was just on the TV now, I'd sit and watch it again. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. It's just brilliant. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was really pleased to sit down and watch it. I've got the old, well, the green DVD uh, double set over there of the first two films. Mm. It's got some. It's yeah. got a great book in it with um, the making of and production stories. It's got some really cool. Um, features on it as well including some of the cartoons and deleted scenes and that so that was pretty cool to go back and watch but i just forgot there was a lot about this i've forgotten yeah i think the big difference with this as well is that the world is actually taken quite seriously outside of the comedy like shit is going down like and the the law stuff and like we said about 
um, all the equipment and whatnot, all that is just that's not played for jokes. That right. it's also got that side where if you're if you're sort of this. If, if, if you're a big nerd in the 80s, you can really dig into all this lore stuff in, in Ghostbusters and, and all the equipment and everything that's going on, different kinds of ghosts. And, yeah, th- th- there is a part of it that is quite serious. I mean, like you said before, it did scare kids. It wasn't just a goofy thing. Mm-hmm. There is obviously the scene in the start uh, in the with the library ghost, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty terrifying. It's a good start. Yeah, and then... I, I, I forget that this happens every time. What the hell is going on when Ray starts getting a blowjob from one of the? I've got that as a note from one of the ghosts. Ray, Ray ghost BJ. I don't know, but what he, is going on? I don't know. But he certainly called someone then, didn't he? <laughs> I don't. It's, I, that's one of the things I forgot when I said earlier on. I forgot so many things. There was a few of the things I forgot, kind of related to Lewis Lewis Tully, Rick Moranis's character. I knew obviously he became, he became like the the key master, his name was, but. Um, but it was like some of the interactions he had when he, when he was under that spell on that. But also, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but Ray just yeah, but making his own ectoplasm. That was really really. I think odd. that's something that kids just block out their heads I from happening know. because I couldn't remember that happening from. Like, I've obviously seen it a few times in the last few years, so I can remember now. But when I first rewatched it, sort of as an adult, I was like. I don't remember this at all. I don't remember it the other night when I watched it. I swear, I was like, I've got to write that down. I wonder if I, I wondered if you'd pick that up, but I'm so glad we're on the same level there, mate. But yeah, but they the uh, opening scene in the library because the music's really great and mm. the, the library is set up like a maze, which is really cool. And they're also, the, but it's the scene when the the statues, the, the statues of the dogs, they yeah. come to life. That and the, and you see the dog running through Manhattan. That scared the living shit out of me as a kid. That really oh, did. Yeah. Yeah, the terror dogs. <laughs> um, but I, the comedy in this is great, and like I say a lot of it is just bounce the characters bouncing off each other. All the all the insane lines they get given, like "There is no Dana, only Zool." That yeah. that is that's a classic line, and obviously, Bill, obviously, Peter Venkman's just got one thing on his mind. But um, oh yeah, some of the He's lines are great. Oh, he, and he always in throughout the films, yes, which works for his character, I suppose. But yeah. honestly, there's so many so many good lines. In this in this film, mate, but it only works like we say if you've got good actors doing it who buy, who are buying into what they're doing. Even if Bill Murray turned up when he wanted to, but who work well together because if those yeah. four don't work well together, or if you don't believe Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray have any kind of chemistry, then it doesn't work as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously, later films showed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shall, shall we shall we get into those later films, mate? Ghostbusters two. Uh, yeah, let's go Ghostbusters 2, mate, 1989. Ivan Reitman again, mate. This is one of those ones where it's enjoyable for me in the sense that we've still got these actors playing these iconic roles mm-hmm. and you've got to take every bit of that that you can because obviously we, we can't do this film anymore. We, could, we couldn't even do a modern version of it because we've had obviously people pass away and whatnot. And it's, again, it's not as good as the original, not even close for me, uh, Ghostbusters 2. I think the main problem with Ghostbusters 2 is that there's a lot less great improv and it's a lot more structured jokes. It's a lot more set-piece jokes, yeah. um, which is obviously a lot harder to just react for. A lot of the, like you said a minute ago, a lot of the comedy in the first Ghostbusters is just it's just three dudes in a room just riffing and, and, and gold just comes from that. And <sighs> this doesn't have as much of that. Um, a lot of the things that frustrated me in this as well... 
on rewatching it is it makes no sense that the mayor and all the people don't trust or appreciate the oh. Ghostbusters. Hmm. They set up in their own universe. They're gods at the end of the first Ghostbusters. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they are gods. So to have, like, you, you've got Stance just, he owns, like, a bookshop, and he's an entertainer for kids. Not they're broke, a chance. They? Yeah, they're broke. Not a chance would this happen. And then they go to the mayor and obviously explain to him, look, you need to shut off all the power, like, everything's this and that, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't listen to a word that they say and basically gets laughed off out of the room. And you're just like, this... Why are the elves finding it so ridiculous that there would be more ghosts after a hundred thousand of them just ran around New York? Like but a, a massive a marshmallow man. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's just that's the stuff that frustrates me is it, it breaks its own universe for me. If, if that had just happened, you would hang on their every word what they said was going to happen. Yep. You'd give them the keys to the city. You'd make them the exactly. bloody Exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. There are good bits in it. I think there's a few good jokes in it. Um, Somewhere, like, when they walk into the um, the room and everybody's there and they're like, uh, sucking your guts, fellas, with a Ghostbusters. <laughs> and it. I think <laughs> that line sort of showed me straight away. I was like, I would love to see a, a, just an even bigger extension on that joke of like, um, just them being old and not being able to do things anymore. I rec- I mean, there's so many stories about where the third film, the fabled third, third film would have gone with the gang back together obviously bill murray wasn't interested in doing it for for the longest time after the second one he wasn't even that interested in coming back for the second one but that would have been quite cool just to be see basically a bunch of schlubs as yeah. the ghostbusters when they'd like, like said it like well yeah 20 years down the line when they are just yeah. kind of almost seen as like relics yes they did this everyone appreciates and respects them but it hasn't been ghost for 20 it's, years it's, what it's are the they rocky there thing isn't it it's that they're coming back to trap one more ghost That's and then it. and then pass the torch that's what we want but yeah have, have have there been no ghosts for like 20 years and then have them still be around trying to convince people that they're relevant also it's very cliche but i'm sure this this group of uh actors and writers could make it happen but, um the second one mate i i think i said to you the other day that it felt like Gremlins 2 to Gremlins to me. Whereas the first Gremlins mm. got the balance of comedy and in that film's case, like horror, right? The, the first film got the, got the, got the, like the, the scares, like the mild scares and the comedy and the tone, right? This one felt a lot more like they just wanted comedy, but they wanted to make it less scary, make it more palatable mm. for a wider audience. Um, yeah. And like I say, because of that, it lost a bit of its edge. It didn't feel quite as reactive and, Again, the guys are all fine. I mean, they're all good. They're all good in it. They're the main four. You've got Peter McNichol turning up as Dr. Janosch. I don't know what the fuck he's doing as an accent, but I always remember his accent as, as Janosch. Um, yeah. Vigo the Carpathian looking like he's come out of like a black metal Norse band, um, Norse metal band. He's got Vic, Max von Sydow voices him. And I was yesterday years old when I found that out. I did not know it was wow. Max von Sydow, but I, no, I didn't. again, the story's fine. It is. It very much follows the same beats as the first, though, to me. Yeah, it is. Obviously, there's new set pieces thrown in, but it is basically the same film as the first one, even at the end. But and it just goes a little bit bigger. The budget is only a few million dollars more. Um, it made less than the first film as well, as a as a side note. But uh, one of the things that bothered me was at the beginning when Little Oscar's in his carriage and um, Dana's talking <laughs> to someone and. The carriage has got a mind of its own. It's going around the city. And for some reason, cars are beeping their horns at an oncoming baby carriage as if it's going to stop. 
Um, yeah, yeah, just having like, a go at it. It's, like, it's, it's not going to stop. But yeah, they've got the Ghostbusters are broke. Nobody remembers anything they did, even though they, it's referenced, but nobody cares anymore. Um, yeah, look, this I, I I remember this film. You know more what? Say, than the first saying film. that it does, say, saying it does break the universe sort of thing. Maybe that is just how it'd go in our world because our world's a bit shit, isn't it? It is a bit cynical. You could do what you could be a hero <laughs> one day, and the next nobody gives a toss. They, they never caught a ghost. They never caught a ghost. Fake yeah, news. Fake the news. Fake helped. news. Yep. <laughs> stop. Stop the Ghostbusters. Stop the count. Um, yeah. There's. I, I like the film. Don't get me wrong. I think it's good. I rewatching yeah, it. There is a massive dis- gap between things. the first one though. Where it, it could only be, it could only, it couldn't actually be a bad film in the end when you've got these actors playing these characters because it's, it's just welcome to see. It's, I think they do try to make it a bad film at times. Oh yeah, it's like the it's like the Turtles three thing. Like Turtles three is is awful, but the turtles are still there, and that's what sort of keeps you hanging on to watching it. It's like Escape from New York is the same. Escape it's from New York's Snake. a bad film, yep. but Snake Plissken's still Snake Plissken, and he's still cool. Kurt Russell, isn't it? Yeah, so it, it, you're still there for him. Um, yeah, but I, I, again, I, this is not one of those where it's like, oh, Ghostbusters Two is awful. I, no. I, I very much sat and enjoyed it and watched it. It's just the, for me, like I said, the first one is a, a near perfect film, and this was never going to match it for me. It's ne- never going to. So no, well, they, took, they took five years out though from between the first one and releasing this one, so they had plenty of time to. Uh, firstly, try and get Bill Murray back on board because he didn't want to do it. Yeah, it probably took him five years to just answer the answering. That's his voice. It took him five years to just turn up to set. Uh, so they had five years to write it. So that it's not like they, it's not like the studio saw right. Well, the first film made what almost it made almost three hundred million bucks in nineteen eighty four. That's a big return off of thirty million dollars. It's not like they said right, we want a sequel now. Now, 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 like you would do nowadays. Film makes yeah. If a film like ten does ten times its budget now. A sequel's coming. It's already in, in production, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Whereas yeah, they did—they already... left it five years, and I suppose in that I, I'd love to know hear from somebody who saw the first one in in theaters and then had that five year wait for the second one. And how did, did it match up for them? What did they think about it? Was it yeah. disappointing? Yeah. Yeah. What was that wait like? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear that kind of context because I imagine in the eighties people loved loved this. I don't think people would have looked at it with such a cynical eye because people would oh, have yeah. been I agree. just excited for it and just yeah. waiting for it. Would wouldn't they? It's not, and again, it's, it's not a bad film. It's just, no, it, there is no. a, there is a gap, I think in quality between this one and, and the first one. Again, here's me being a geek. Ghostbusters 84, 97 and RT. This one's only got 54%. So if you're looking at the critics, I think that's a bit harsh. It's maybe. pretty much everyone like the first one. And, but then it was, this one's, I, the I know the first one's 97, like I said, close to perfect. <laughs> and this it, one's and 54. Most people agree on that. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say the second one's maybe, 65, I'd go. 65, um, 70. If I was going to give it an out of 10, I'd give it a six and a half to seven tops because yeah. it, it's a good film. It does what it needs to do, but it doesn't really do anything different. But it doesn't do anything new and it doesn't do the same thing as good. Exactly. I remember that. I remember scenes from this film more so than the first film, though. When I went back to watch this one, I, I kind that, of remember the scenes. That way, when, you, when you're a kid, doesn't it? You end up watching like the second one more. I, when I was a kid, I used to watch Lost World all the time. Yeah, well, well exactly. Because I don't know why. Because it's it, it, the Lost World does have a bit more uh, action to it, I guess, compared to yeah. As, as a kid, Park. I probably preferred it. Yeah, yeah and this one's more colourful. I remember the pink slime that comes out of the bathtub. I always remember that, and the and the river of slime in the old pneumatic transit system, like the the purple and the vivid colour of that, always always caught my eye. And that pink slime that comes out of the bathtub, 
but always reminded me of this like pink marshmallow sweet used to get a pick and mix. Yeah. I don't know what it was, yeah. but he, apparently reading into that slime, he could have eaten it as well because it was very much edible. But um, oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I remember this film more more because I think I was watching it more as a kid or it was on in the background more. Mm. But um, yeah. I, 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 these two, I do prefer the first. Yeah, definitely. It shows, doesn't it? Like what I said a minute ago about the, the, the first one, if it was on downstairs now, I'd just sit and watch it all. I probably wouldn't with the second. I might, I might look over it a few times. <laughs> um, I think uh, I probably would watch it still. I know, it, I, I know what you mean. I probably would, though, just because, like, like you said, it's the actors, isn't it? It's the fact that he's just yeah. the Ghostbusters with the with these guys. Sigourney Weaver's back. Rick Moranis is back. Everyone, the whole gang's back. And he pops, you know, it's still the same uh, crew. It's just a different club. But it, um, yeah, it, it's good. It's good, but it's not quite right. Um, yeah. I don't mind it. But so there's, there's the two originals. That's the Ivan Reitman directed ones. Now we got one four years ago. Now 2016 Ghostbusters 2016, or who you're going to answer the call? It's sorry, it's called. And it goes without saying, this is one of the most uh, controversial film releases, trailer releases of all yeah. time. I want to hear your thoughts, mate, on the controversy surrounding the film first, as before we mentioned, not not like taking sides, but just like this, this film got uh, announced and immediately everybody was against it, it would seem. Well, I, I remember the trailer coming out and um, I, I thought it looked absolutely awful. <laughs> I, I thought it looked terrible. The jokes in the trailer are really rough. Mm-hmm. And I remember just me just just being an idiot, I just kind of, I think I commented, it might have been on one of the YouTube videos for the trailers or something like that. It might have been on Twitter. I can't remember what it was. But I basically said, my God, this film looks like dog shit. Like, this looks absolutely awful. Mm. And then a bunch of people piled on my comment in agreement with me, but from a totally different perspective, Mm -hmm. like, like sort of just grabbed hold of the boat and derailed it and were like, yeah, why are they putting all these women in it for fuck's sake? Down and I was boobies. like, oh, I was like, oh, Jesus, that is not, everybody was replying to me here, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> you could put the usual crew in it, you could have Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum and whoever yeah, else. Michael Sarah. And give those, yeah, give those guys this trailer and the, these lines, these scenes, these jokes, it would still look shit. It was nothing to do with the fact that there were women in it. It, it it just looked shit, but it became one of those things where you almost felt like I, I, I distanced myself from criticizing it at the time mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be sort of with that crowd. It yeah, was yeah. like, oh no, you, it was like, yeah, I don't like the look of this, but you guys are arseholes. Like, so I'm just going to, I'm just not, I'm not arse. I'm just going to step out because I was genuinely like gutted that it didn't look like something I was going to enjoy. And to be honest, I never watched it. I, I, I never watched this up until now for, for this. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll get into my thoughts after. But it, it was just like so, it was gutting, really, that there was just this big fight going on around it. And don't get me wrong, the end of the fight that I would have been on would, would have been the fact that, yes, it's absolutely fine that there are women in this. Why would it not be? It's it, If you are still sat, saying that the reason this was shit is because women were in it, whatever, just go flush your head down the toilet because you're an idiot. Yep. Um, if, if, if like, like we said before, if this was Channing Tatum, Ed Helms, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, it would be just as, it would look just as bad from the trailer. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Yep. it. It was, it was the tone. It was everything else from the trailer. It wasn't the fact that women were in it. And if, if that was your sort of sticking point, then yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, the tra- yeah, I agree. The trailer, well, the trailer wasn't great. Like, the gags weren't brilliant. It wasn't a good selling point. But that is, yeah, you look at looking back, and even now, that ain't a reason why people didn't like it. Not you. Well, firstly, you've just explained it, and I, also I know what kind of person you are. But that ain't a reason why most people didn't like it. Most people didn't like it because they were four women in this role, which they'd grew, grown up with. It's the it's that horrible entitled world we live in where if it's not quite how you want it to be or how you remember, then your childhood's ruined. And as I always say, you must have had a fucking awful childhood if four women in a Ghostbusters suit ruined your childhood. I think you, you, sh- you should never appeal to those guys. That's not what I'm advocating here at no, all. No, exactly. But I know I think, you, I know what I think the saying. main reason that those guys who, who were getting angry about that stuff is because they wiped the original out of existence with this. But they, it wasn't a Force Awakens style sort of... Um, I mean, continuity-wise, no, no, yeah, yeah. I don't mean... So it wasn't a Force Awakens or like Star Trek 09 kind of thing where they continued the universe and soft rebooted it. It was it was a case of, well, this is called Ghostbusters and, and the originals didn't happen in this universe, which still baffles me to this day. Because they got the actors back. But that there, yeah, that's the, that's like when we get into it, that is one of the things which just kind of makes you think. Uh. And I get, I get they didn't do if, it. If you couldn't get, if you couldn't get them back, I totally understand rebooting it. But if you can, yeah, I, I, I get, I get why they got them back. I'm not advocating sort of appealing to those those set of people that were angry because there were women in it. But I think there was another set of people that were just angry because it was replacing the original I think and so, maybe but, not as angry but, even, but even, at, even at that sense, even at that time even less reason to be angry because it, if Paul Face come out and said well look I'm not trying to look this isn't it this is just its own it's a standalone film I wanted to do my own take on yeah. Ghost like when Gus Van Sant did Psycho in 98 he wasn't trying to replace Psycho he just did his own take on yeah. it he pretty much this is this is what Paul Faye did I'm take, doing my own take on Ghostbusters those old films are still there the classic films they're still there I'm not trying to piss on them so even less yeah. reason for people to get angry is that he wasn't saying, right, this is the third Ghostbusters. This is a continuation of those films you loved. See that? This is the next one. Yeah. Those guys, don't worry about them. It's just, it's just a I, I just, standalone. I think in general, I just my weird canon brain, I, I prefer it when a universe is continuous. Oh, for sure. No, mate. I, I, no, I, I dig that. Yeah, I know, you know, you know I'm yeah. Mark as well when it comes to canon, but I think the fact that this was Mark as and a standalone this- film, that's it. Just didn't yeah. it? Just didn't bother me. And it's same as the whole like not my Luke, all that kind of stuff. It's like just sod off. Do you know what I mean, those films are still there. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But I mean, the absolute outrage over this. Film I, I just think unreal. in terms of, of quality of this film, I think it would have been better if you just had the passing of the torch moment with with with, with the older cast. That, that's not me saying you have to have those guys. I'm not. That, that is not what I'm saying. I just think for. Sort of the transition, it would have been great to see that just as a fan. We, we can't claim sort of that that those guys wouldn't be cool to see because they would. It, w- it would be awesome to see them and interacting with these to, to start to start to get into our thoughts on this anyway. Interacting with these women that are in this film, who are some of the funniest women on the planet, which it is so baffling to me. The jokes in this film are awful. They are, again, outside of the controversy and outside of this, me sat watching it four years later because the controversy and stuff pissed me off that much. How people were acting about it, even, to be fair, both sides pissed me off. Can you remember the stuff that, like, that, um, what's his face? Ivan Reitman and, and uh, who's the guy who directed Paul it? Paul Paul Feig was saying on TV and saying, like, 
they were blanket statements basically saying, if you don't like this film, you're a basement dwelling, oh, yeah. like, yeah, idiot and all this. And all that kind of stuff, yeah. And you're like, oh, come on, man. Because then it's, then it's just shit from both sides. Then you feel like, oh, well, I, that's what I, I ended up just not watching it because I was like, well, if I'm not going to like this, I don't want to contribute to the bad energy that's around it. Do you know what I mean? I, I was just like, I know I'm not going to like this. So there's a bunch of arseholes saying that they don't like it. I don't want to join them. <laughs> I don't want to sort of be in with that noise on the internet, so I'll just not watch it. And I think a lot of people did take that approach where they just kind of went, well, this is, this is, it's Ghostbusters, man. We're supposed to be having fun here and everybody's, including the director, like I said, he's just slinging shit at each other and it's, it just all got very, very messy. Bad, didn't didn't he? He's come out, obviously he's come out and said, you know, the whole thing was a, was a shit show and how much he regrets how it all panned out because it did, it did, yeah, it did affect it just, the film because it, had a big budget at one four four million, only made two two nine million, and a lot of that I think is like you've just said. People probably just thought, Do you know what? It's just it's a film. Is it? I'm not going to go. I'm not sticking my flag to a mask. I just I can't be bothered. That's with what it. I mean. It's yeah. been spoiled for so many people. It felt like there was a good fight being fought for the fact that we should appreciate that these are these are women on screen now, which and and it's a new time and we can accept this and stuff. But then I felt personally that that the marketing team and the director and stuff like that were using that cynically to to build up an energy behind it. And at the end of the day, they don't care. They just want you to go see the film. Yeah, they need to buy all the money. For, for them for them to sit there and go, yeah, well, if you don't watch this or you don't like it, you, you're a misogynistic basement-dwelling idiot. And I, that felt really cynical yeah, to me because I was like, yeah. there's a good fight being fought here and you're capitalizing on that by trying to make people go watch your Ghostbusters mm. film. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's a Ghostbusters film. You have to deliver a damn good film as well. If you're going to come out yeah. and say that, you have to. And obviously, he did believe what he uh, what he made was great, and obviously the cast did as well. Uh, but when you're coming out saying that, you do have to back it up with with the film. And the biggest regret is that this didn't happen around something that's more like prevalent. All this stuff about having role models for, for young girls and having this and that. It was the Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Ghostbusters, man. It, man. Like, the, the, there was, there was, people spoke about this. I can't remember who, who spoke about it at the time, but like Annihilation came out yeah. in close proximity, which was a film with four think, yeah. female leads and sort of an amazing performance from all of them. And, and that the, they play, obviously, one's a scientist, mm-hmm. one's a doctor, one's a military specialist. And that goes completely under the radar and nobody watches it. And this this fervor and this anger from both sides doesn't happen. But it happened with Ghostbusters, which is what's so strange. Like A lot of that is also Netflix's really if, crappy marketing of all of their films. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If, yeah. if, if you but, didn't have if you didn't if you weren't on social media, because obviously not everyone is, you don't know that film's out there because Netflix is because it was it's, it's released in the in, in the States in, in cinemas. But Netflix and the, sorry, the studio thought the rest of the world eat crayons, so they were like, "No, no, they, they might not get it, so we'll put it on Netflix for them." So we got to watch yeah. it on Netflix, but but no, you wouldn't know that unless you were really paying attention or, or you were in the right circles. And yeah, exactly. Other than the ending, and I loved that film. No, I didn't like that the ending, was, but was... I really did like the film. What you, you didn't like the uh, the alien stuff? I did, yeah, that 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 did go too far for me. But that was that was just a personal thing for me. But the rest of it, I thought was I yeah. dug it. It just got really bonkers. Mm. But uh, it's a good shout though, mate, because. It, we did have those these female-led uh, fronted films in close it's, proximity. It's not right or wrong. It's it's just strange to me that we did get we did get so much passion from people around 
Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's the IP, a straight isn't it, up comedy. It's the IP, isn't it? It's yeah. ghost, but like we said, this is what people grew up with. You watched them as a kid. I watched them as a kid. Played with the toys and that. People older than us were going to the theatre to watch this and heard there's a new Ghostbusters. And yeah, maybe it did annoy them that the old guard wasn't coming back. But to that level was at times, frankly, embarrassing, and I've got no shame in saying yeah. that. Um, as for the film, yeah, though, was, mate, yeah. you, so you only watched it the other day for the first time? Yeah. Wow. I I thought it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, we can talk about this now, and, and I can I can do this without... The controversy yeah, got that of way. this has, has died down. And, again, my side on that is you're an idiot if you thought that the problem with this was the fact that women were in it. Go bury head in the sand because you're an idiot. It, it, it was awful at the time, the, the stuff that was going on and stuff. But again, it was. I just stepped away because I knew I wasn't going to like it, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to contribute to the bullshit that other people were coming out with. And I could tell straight away when I when I commented on that first trailer that whatever you said sort of negatively about this, it was going to look like you would join a side. And I just, I'm not about any of that. So, yeah, I I thought this was genuinely just pure garbage I, the it was so awkward to watch it made me cringe <laughs> the, the the jokes there's a, there's a joke at the start where i think one of them farts and then she says oh, and no no it's not the joke at all it's oh it's so awkward the chemi- again it is the opposite of what works about the first one is in this and she says um oh well would it be more disgusting if i told you i did it from the front and then um one of the other characters goes, oh, well, what are you going to do next? Wedgie me? And it sounds as awkward as it was for me to just explain it then. <laughs> it, it is that awkward on screen. There is These are all, like I said, on SNL, these are the funniest, these are the funniest comedians on there. And I don't understand why. I don't know if it's that they're structuring them too much or if, or if it was all improv. I don't know. It's so awkward. It is honestly so awkward. It just doesn't work. And again, it's not that these actors aren't funny because they are. It's not that the ideas are all bad because they're not, but it just does not work. And I don't know what it is. It just doesn't work. And then you get kind of an escalation in all the scenes that were sort of happening in the first one because it's just, it's the same scenes from the first one, isn't it? Pretty much. It They just double down on those and just like if somebody if somebody gets a bit of slime on them in the first one, they get an entire bucket load on them in this, and then you get like I don't know, mate. It just didn't work for me, honestly. I, I kept pressing up on the controller to look how long was left, and and Beth Beth told me as well, and I didn't I didn't say anything to her about it or anything. I was like um, I was like nervous about watching it because I was like I don't think I'm going to like it, and Beth said, well, I, I quite like that. Uh, when I watched it, so we'll have to see. What a cake. So I go in, I go in open mind, and, and like I said, Beth quite liked it. The second time she watched it, and again, I didn't influence this, I didn't say anything. She was like, yeah, This is not very good, is it? <laughs> and and she hit the nail on the head, what, what she said as well. She said, It feels like one of the Scooby Doo live action films. It doesn't feel like a Ghostbusters film, it feels like a Scooby Doo film. And that is such a good point. That is what it feels like. Well, but it doesn't Dad's even Mrs. feel like a always good manages one of those. to nail it. She always manages to sort of summarise a film in a statement very well from what I've yeah. heard. Yeah, she's she's the smart voice in the room. That's right. But, um, again, it, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like a mix bet- between a Scooby-Doo film, a live-action one, but not even as good as those two, mixed with pixels. That's what it felt like to me. And 
it, it hurts me to say this because I love, like I said, that first film is one of my top 10 films of all time. I loved the first film. I wanted to like this. It looked really bad from the trailer. And at the end of the day, you know, when I watched it, it was the trailer. The trailer was actually exactly what it is for me. It it was just awkward comedy. We go from scene to scene and I don't know what's going on, why we're doing anything. I, everybody is spouting off like just scientific blabber, but they're doing it like just for the sake of it. You can tell it's just be like they, they're just writing these lines where it's just like, it goes on for too many seconds. So instead of just saying, oh, blah, 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 this thing about the, like some Ghostbusters terminology, they do it for like a whole minute. Mm. And then there's a silence as if, and I don't know if that's supposed to be a joke. I, I don't know. <laughs> they never pointed jokes at the fact that these were scientists in the first one, but I don't know if they were in this. I, I don't know, mate. It's, it was really rough to watch and I couldn't wait for it to finish. I really didn't enjoy it. What about you? What do you think of this? No worries. The the medium rare steak has spoken. The start has spoken. Do you know what, mate? I'm on. I'm. I, I've. Um, my pendulum swings to the other side a bit more. I didn't mind this film. I quite enjoyed it when I first watched it um, because I just detached myself from the crap and went into it in the hope that I just wanted to see a fun film about busting ghosts, and I got that. Um, I can see that. Yes, not all, not all of the comedy worked. I totally agree. A lot of the a few of the gags fell fell flat, but I found a, quite a few of them to be quite funny. I think what you're saying about the improv is right, though. I think there was too much improv and not enough structure in this case. Where um, obviously, right? That's what I mean. I, I don't think know there if, was because which one it was, but there was because Kate McKinnon. One. I liked Kate McKinnon. I like her in most things. Um, she she riffs a lot on this throughout this, and I think Melissa McCarthy does as well, and Christian Wig. Um, I think they're all just kind of they have. I think they're being given like a like notes to say, and then they just riff off it. And I think I don't know how Paul Feig made this film. I don't know if he just went with you know let, let's just let's just do a few shots, and I'll pick the one that I think works the best. Whereas the act, I think I heard something about. I wouldn't be surprised. Whereas the actors are kind of not knowing what to expect, so they're having to react. And if they, you know, maybe you just don't know quite how to react to what's being said. I don't know, but I didn't mind this film. Um, I did. Um, unfortunately, though, I did watch the extended edition. I didn't realise, and that is so. My complaint at the time was, this is far too long. This is like unbelievably long. But then I really well, how long is it extended? Because the, the theatricals two hours. Well, the extended one is one hundred thirty-four. So what's that? Two hours fourteen minutes. So I think it's about twenty minutes longer. The extended one. And I, and I was watching it. It's like, well, I, I am enjoying this, but they overstretched the ending, which in the ending was. Um, I don't care about the CGI in the ending because. We ain't going to get real ghosts, are you? But um, the ending was stretched out far too much. But I, I didn't mind it, mate. I thought it was pretty good. I like Chris Hemsworth because, I mean, like, he's, he's, he's like Ant. He's an absolute stud. Um, I, I don't think he was too dumbed down. I've seen people say they didn't like Kate McKinnon's character. They thought she was too wacky. And I'm just thinking, did you see Bill Murray in the first and second Ghostbusters? She's just being insane without reason, though. At, at <laughs> she, times. She sits there just flipping her head around and like saying just word vomiting and then i'm like well, i'm waiting for the punchline punch <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't come there are times and then the scene just like and i'm like licking guns what? like well not after that but I'm, I'm just talking about like the kind of the odd oddness because if you watch going back now and watch bill murray in the first two and i love bill murray he's very he does stick out very much and i can see him rubbing people out the wrong way with his attitude in the film like the character's attitude sorry um, and and this is no different to me. It's like you're either gonna you're either gonna like Vinkman or not. You're either gonna like, um, and it's, it's, this is the problem with the film. 
I don't know what the characters are called. So you're either going to like Kate McKinnon or not. Uh, whereas I know the original Kate McKinnon is Gillian Holtzman, I've just found out. So Holtzman. so I had to go and Google that to find out. But I didn't mind it. I didn't think it's the best film in the world. I didn't. But was it the worst film in the world? Was it like everything that they the haters wanted it to be? No, it was just a solid, for me, a solid, entertaining film. It's just, it's, a Ghostbusters should be fun. I found it fun. Look, the baddie was bloody awful. The cameos made no real sense other than it was just a nice like tip of the hat. But if you are trying to differentiate yourself from the old films, maybe don't have the original cat. I know they're not playing themselves, but don't have the original characters in. But they had a nice little touch to Harold Ramis, who'd passed away a couple of years before this. They had a little a bust of him in the university. So that was a nice uh, nod to him. But I mean, I think mm. Harold Ramis passed away in 2014 and this is a 2016 film. So we never were going to get that Ghostbusters 3 that uh, the oh, fan original wanted. Yeah, but with, with Harold Ramis in it, we were never oh, going right. to get like the, the original gang back together. So whilst this may not have satiated people's needs, I mean, it was... You know, it's what we're gonna have, what they had to settle with because they were never going to get what they wanted back. It isn't perfect. Uh, there are yes, there are gags in it which don't work. There are some which do cringe. Some of the performances are a bit larger than life. Uh, a bit. Mate, honestly, it, it guts me to to hear that you enjoyed it in the sense that I wish I could have these thoughts. You, are. I wish I could have even just enjoyed it, and I didn't go in with the sense of right. I'm going to hate this. This is going to be shit. I, I no, went no, in, like I said, like Beth one. enjoyed it, and I was like, come on, just click, just click. It didn't. It never clicked. It just clanged so hard. And for I'm me. not saying I think it's a great film either. I just think I just no, think I it's a decent, not. solid film. And I just don't get yeah. that. Not you, because I know what you. And I don't mean to blow smoke up your perfectly toned anus, but I know what you're like <laughs> as a person. No, but that's the thing that guts me is that I want to I want to be the one on the other side going, no, this is good, and you're all idiots, <laughs> like just for just for hating it because it's got women in it. No. And again, that is not the reason that it didn't work for me. No, I, man. I thought. They're, if there is a shining light, they are the best part of it. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's what they're handed. I don't know. I don't know what it is because, oh man, it's just too loose. It, at times, it was like it? nails on a chalkboard. It's just too loose at times. It was like nails on a chalkboard for me, honestly. And it, I, I just couldn't believe that. I know what you mean, mate. They were so well, Dan Aykroyd blames Paul was, Feig I, for this. He, he came out. Right. Uh, he came out in the most coolest of places. Sunday brunch on Channel 4 and he basically said that <laughs> Paul Feig he spent too much money on the film and this is this is what I found interesting Dan Aykroyd I quote verbatim, Dan Aykroyd's a, he's a crazy man these he days. is a bit strange but um, I quote this yeah. verbatim word for word but talking about Paul Feig Dan Aykroyd said he didn't shoot scenes we suggested to him so obviously Dan Aykroyd was on board as a producer I believe and he was saying look I was suggesting what, they, what he should have done for his film and Paul Feig said, no, we don't need them. They tested the movie. They did need those scenes. And he spent like 30 to $40 million more in reshoots. So he basically said that the film cost too much money to make, making it like making it the sequel almost undoable because it had to make huge money in order to make it viable. So Dan Aykroyd basically blamed the director, saying, well, he didn't listen to what we said. And then he did his own thing, then had to go and spend too much money redoing it, which I found, uh, which I found very interesting. Yeah, it's... Again, you, you don't know how much to sort of lend with uh, an old actor trying to get involved again. I mean, we've all heard the stuff with Mark Hamill's ideas for Luke Skywalker, which sounded absolutely they were bizarre plop, and awful. Weren't they? <laughs> yeah, and but I don't know. 
with those guys, they had a lot of involvement in the first one, didn't they? They weren't yes. just actors on screen in the way that like Mark Hamill was. Um, I, I, they I wrote it. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And the, speaking about that infamous third Ghostbusters that we that we didn't get, the game. I know we're going to bring yeah, it up yeah. again in a bit, but the, the Ghostbusters game. Was written by those guys. It was written by the original cast. Was this the and... one from like 10, 12 years ago? Yes, and it's been yeah. remastered recently. I think in the last year, mm-hmm. and you can get it on everything now: PlayStation Four and everything else. And that's that's as close as you're going to get because obviously they can have all the actors on screen there. They're they're all voiced and they're all that. That's as close as you're going to get. You're, you're a new yeah. Ghostbuster going there working for um, the the old crew, and and it is their voices, isn't it? They get the old yeah. guard back to voice them. Yeah, they they voiced it. They wrote the game as well. It's it's all them. And so, if you want a pure Ghostbusters three experience from the the the, the mouths and the pens of um, all the original uh, characters and actors, then that that's that's where to go. But yeah, just to summarize on this at the end again, I, I, it's gutting for me that this didn't work. And I think that might be why I never watched it. You know, yeah, because I'd rather just not watch it and not feel like I've got a like sit here you've got and just, you've got to justify why you don't like yeah. it which isn't right about a film because the fact that you had to justify it and say I didn't like it but not because I hate women exactly. it's, it's, it's unreal like, it's, it makes me cringe because yeah. I'm having to jump around I'm having to jump around goalposts just to explain why you don't like it because there are a massive cute. contingent of people who don't like it who are just being arsholes and again that's well, the not... npm listeners know will know quite well obviously that you what you're like and they know what i'm like as well so yeah but I, I know what you mean mate i imagine it's like do you know what i imagine the feelings like i imagine it's like somebody who doesn't like the last jedi because you don't want to sit there and get lumped in with the crowd that are just being crazy and don't like it because rose tico's in it or something do you know what i mean mm-hmm. It must be that that's what this must feel like for, for the genuine people who it just didn't work for. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think this is even close comparatively for me that Last Jedi is a much better film than this, regardless. But um, yeah, this must be what it feels like to kind of just go, hey guys, uh, I'm not a crazy misogynist idiot like the rest of them that are shouting in the corner over there, but I don't think this mm-hmm. is very good. Um, yeah. No, it's, again, it's weird, mate. I, I almost wish, like. I, I obviously wish it would have been great because then it would have been, it would have been the message was wrong in that. Oh no, you can't do it like an all female reboot. Of course you can. Of course you can. You can do replace all the female characters. You do whatever you want with this stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's a shame that this one came out and so many people didn't like it. Cause there are, there have been a lot of other genuine arguments that I've seen sort of um, for why it's not good and why it doesn't work yeah. from people who I've got their head screwed on. Um, but Again, that gets lost in the noise of idiots. So and it gets lost in the in the crowing screams of uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my last point on it: we're sitting there saying that because this is one of the worst, most downvoted trailers of all time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's seen, you know, it was, it was review bombed and rating bombed on all of the sites where they could do it. Interestingly, though, Ghostbusters two IMDb user score six point six out of ten. Ghostbusters twenty sixteen IMDb user score six point six out of ten. So the yeah. review bomb, um, but exactly in the sense the you get a review bomb, you get you also get a review like spike from the other you sense. Do, you do, but I mean it's it's, I mean, a, it's a very odd that they're both the same. But Rotten Tomatoes for this new Ghostbusters seventy four percent, so three quarters of 
uh, people like this film as, as opposed to um, half of the audience for Ghostbusters 2 at the time. Remember, this is 1989 critics for the most part. So that's interesting, but let's let's not lie. Those percentages don't equate to the quality of the film. But Just, just a quick one, mate, before we completely move on. Forget about the controversy. Forget about the morons online screaming into the void. Do you think if they would have just done the handing over of the torch, even if it's a quick 10-minute scene at the start with, with the old guys... In the 2016 Ghostbusters, do you think it would have helped? I no, I think it probably would have made it worse for a lot of people because they would have then seen their heroes, the people, the people who didn't like this film for those not horrible reasons we mentioned, would have then seen their heroes passing their guns over to these women. So they would have seen yeah. their mama slap in the face, and that's well, a sad yeah, point. With, with with hindsight now, I'm mm. glad that it is disconnected just because I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, now so now when the next one story. comes out. That when this next one comes out, you won't. You're not even being a dickhead by saying this is the follow-up to Ghostbusters Two because Ghostbusters 2016 isn't a follow-up, is it? It's a, it's a completely different universe. Yeah. And that's what I said earlier on. The fact that it's a standalone now. film should make people less vitriolic about it because it isn't saying, "Yeah, this is this is continuing where uh, Venkman and the boys left off." It's not saying that at all. It's just this is his own film, and you know what happened before is another almost like a different universe. So, so we mentioned the. We, we're sitting in a animal, the, the true follow-up to Ghostbusters 2, and Ant mentioned we are going to get it, and, and I agree we are, but obviously we're not going to get it with Harold Ramis, unfortunately. But we are getting a film called Ghostbusters Afterlife. This one actually is directed by Jason Reitman, Ivan's son. That's out, it was meant to come out, well, it was meant to be out already, but it's coming out in 2021, and it is bringing... They've managed to get Bill Murray back. You mentioned they got him back for the game. They managed to get him back on screen as Peter Venkman for one last go, one last um, crossing of the streams. But it, this is going to be a film about handing over the torch, uh, passing yes. the torch over, and you've got a decent young actor in. But the synopsis, for those who haven't heard it, the f- synopsis of this film is, after being evicted from their home, two children and their single mother move to a farm in Somerville, Oklahoma, inherited from their late grandfather. When the town experiences a series of unexplained earthquakes, the children discover their family's links to the original Ghostbusters, who have become something of a myth, as many have long since forgotten the events of the Manhattan cross-rip of 1984 and the secret legacy that their grandfather left behind. Now, their grandfather, of course, is our boy... Goosebumps. Harold Raymond. Egon Spengler himself. And do you know what, mate? The, the trailer was released for this... I don't know when now, because the lockdown has completely pried my brain. The trailer came out. I like. I really liked the trailer for this film, uh, for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Same. I, I like... It's Finn Wolfhard in it. He's in most things, to be fair, at the minute. Uh, Carrie Coon. He's you know, great. I like Carrie Coon. I think she's great as well. But somehow, mm-hmm. they've managed to coerce the gang, Bill Murray especially, back. But I think this this film is now going to be that Parson of the Talks film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, that trailer works completely for mm-hmm. me. I think it was like a obviously after having the the trailer for the 2016 one come out and then me obviously I I thought that one looked really bad and then having this one come out now and just being like uh, just like thank god man <laughs> this looks so good and I love the fact that they've gone with kids that's what they should have done I think I'm going to stop saying that that is now banned in in this podcast of me saying they should have because I'm not doing that that's pointless but 
I'm glad they've now done this and, and used kids and stuff. And the, the 80s vibe and, and everything else that they, that they got in the first one is going to work even better because you've got the Billy Stranger Things kid in it's there. It's very in and, now, isn't it, as well? Films, yeah. Like the Amblin feel almost, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Me and you have spoke about it loads of times. That's our one of our favourite feels to a film yeah, is, is the Amblin feel. We spoke about it with Bumblebee. There is something about those films where that's movie magic to me. Spielberg, obviously... My, one of mine and your favourite directors, isn't he? So it's amazing when you can get something that feels like that. And this feels like a Spielberg Ghostbusters film from the trailer to me. Yeah. And that's, oh, it's a dream. That is an absolute dream. Anytime somebody asks me, and it's got to be a certain property, but like, oh, who's your dream Star Wars director, Spielberg? Who's your dream Ghostbusters director, Spielberg? Who's your dream director, we're not, we're not, Spielberg? <laughs> who's your dream director, Spielberg? But we're not going to get him doing those. So again, as long as we can get that feel, like we said with Bumblebee, Bumblebee was amazing because it felt like it's not trying to get that Spielberg feel as much as it is trying to get that feeling that you felt watching his films when you were younger. And Bumblebee made me feel like that. It made me feel like a kid again. And I want Ghostbusters to do that. I want it to, I want it to, it's got to have this sort of, it's got to be a bit scary. I think the tone they should kind of go for is like, um, is is Stranger Things it, that that sort of tone where it does get a bit dark at times, but it's funny and it's innocent as well at times. And even like Gremlins to me is one I mentioned because it's Gremlins, it, yeah. it, it, it scared the hell out of me as a kid. But watching it now, that was obviously produced by Spielberg as well, wasn't it? That's, that's right, exactly. Yeah, it was. I'm so excited for this, mate. I can't wait for it. I ca- I cannot wait for the day that we're reviewing this on NPM. I, I and I hope mate. to God, I hope to God that it, we do come out the other end good because there's a very obviously there's a chance I could come out the other end just with that same awful dread over me that I just had last night after watching uh, Ghostbusters 2016. But that's the thing, isn't it, mate? It seems less likely for me because the trailer worked, whereas mm. the first trailer for that one didn't work, which is, again, a trailer's job is to sell you on a film. So that trailer sold me on not watching it and hadn't. And I maybe wouldn't have ever watched it mm. until, obviously, I have to do it now for for, for our, our podcast. And... um I'm kind of glad I did, just just so we know. But again, we could come out the other end of this new one, just being like, "Ah, oh, it didn't work, did it?" There's mm. that massive fear that we could watch Afterlife and be like, "Do you know what? That has actually that that, that was bad. You know, what I mean, that has that has tainted yeah. the legacy, not yeah. ruined our childhoods. There's a difference there, but like the Rise of Skywalker did for a lot of us, it it kind of left a, a bit of a sour taste where mm. you kind yeah. of impacts how you watch the other films now. But um, mm. but like I said, the ingredients are there. Uh, I have Jason Reitman's directing it, and I've liked most of his work. Ivan Reitman's producing it, so that's quite cool. So they've got the director of the first two back on board. He's producing it. Obviously, the, the old guard are back. But on top of that, you've got some great young talent. I said Finn Wolfhart, uh, McKenna Grace is there. Carrie Coon, I think she's great. Paul Rudd is going to be in it. J.K. Simmons is in it. Tracy Letts. So they've got... Oh, I'm loving all these names. They've got <laughs> names keep, that should names. Work. I would love it. No, I, I, I've got no inside information here, but I would love it. And I have a feeling, I've got a feeling in the pit of my expanding waistline stomach that Rick Moranis will cameo in this film at some point. He's not in the cast list. He will be back. I, I almost guarantee he's going to be back in this film somewhere because everybody else is back. And I know he's taken a break. He said himself he hasn't retired from acting. He's just being very, very specific with what he does because he did take yeah. a break to raise his family or be with his um but he is still a working actor and he still does little things here and there. I think he's going to be in this film, but he hasn't been listed on the cast. But that's just my little yeah. thing. But I'm going to go back and watch the trailer after this because I haven't seen it since it came out, but I was really impressed with it. 
I'm I'm so looking good. forward to it, mate. I like the story for it. I like the cast. I love the tone they've got. I like everything about it so far. But it is that kind of thing. Is like it's the whole fanboys things that um, that old Star Wars film. Like, what if this sucks? Then I mean, sitting in the theater, like this. Is, what is this? And this is the kind of film that I'll be willing to drive two and a half hours up north to sit in a theater next to my beefcake and watch this together and, and oh, have that yes. like experience, like. What will, what will be the last Ghostbusters film of of our time? Like the real, and I, I use that phrase loosely, but the real Ghostbusters with the original gang back. Because we ain't ever going to get another. This is it now. So from what we saw as a kid to to now, 2021, this will be it. This will be the the films. So this is the kind of film which this is that's like right for an MPM watch, a live reaction afterwards type thing. But yeah, pandemic yeah, is one thing. Um, which stops a lot of things happening in a minute. And that's what stopped this film coming out, is the pandemic. It was meant to be out in, I think it was May of this year or something like that. Um, so it would have been out already. July the 10th, it was due to be out. Then it was pushed to March the 5th, uh, 2021. But now it's been pushed to June the 11th, 2021. So we've yeah. now got eight months to wait. And again, it, everything. I mean, Wonder Woman has only, last night or this morning, was is now coming out on VOD and theatrical. So they're, they're putting Wonder Woman 84 on streaming. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Ghostbusters found its way onto streaming at we, some point. We, we've heard quite a bit about that film, haven't we, mate? <laughs> yeah, we have. We've heard, I mean, a bit, and from what I've heard, best place for it as well, um, streaming. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, mate, I, I am looking for it. I'm not going to go in and... Tr- I'm not going to go in with the mindset, though, that because the old guard are back, it's going to be good. Just no. like I didn't go into the 2016 one thinking, because the trailer wasn't great, this is going to be shite. I'm going to go in and hope. I hope that was good, and I and I was surprised that I enjoyed it. I hope that this is good, and all I want from Afterlife is to come out and think, Do you know what, that was a satisfying ending. That's all I want, satisfying. Yeah. I think it's going to be, and this, this phrase gets used all the time, and I hate saying this, but it's a great way to put it, this will be the Force Awakens of Ghostbusters films. It will be the... Oh, this feels like it felt before. Yeah, and I hope this it, is... I hope it's the Go Force Awakens mixed with the end of Return of the Jedi, which gave you that conclusive ending. Yeah, or yeah. With, maybe, maybe let obviously with the chance for the kids to branch off into their own stories one day. But for the Imagine core, for that. the core characters, a perfect thing would be for me is you get this film and it boots off this amazing thing where you're like, oh, that's great, that's perfect. At the end of it, by the end, we've set up a Netflix Ghostbusters show. Oh, man, I would dig that, mate. I'd absolutely with, dig with that. a Stranger Things esque cast, but it won't be like Stranger Things, obviously, because they'll have they'll have this, this job to go and hunt ghosts, mm-hmm. but where they've got to kind of do it not like the originals. They're not going to have this funding and do all this stuff. Well, they're just going to have to. It's going to be in a shed in the middle of the forest mm-hmm. where they just cook up all this like gear and go and hunt ghosts. And yeah. just have it like week to week. It's like they're trying to go to school. They're trying to balance like there's a girl that they like in class, but they've also Ghostbusters. I think that is so, so perfect to happen right now with everything that's like popular at the minute. That is, that, that would be great. I would love that. If the film does well, mate. And that's the question we've got to ask as well. I don't know. I don't know what the budget is for this. So I'm going to, I'm going to go in at about a hundred million maybe. Cause if Dan Aykroyd thought 140 was too much money, God knows what he's going to think about this budget then, but um, I'm going to go in for about 100 million budget. If this film makes, you know, if this film comes out and does make 500, 600 million, what are the what are the what does uh, Columbia Pictures do then on Sony and Sony Pictures? Sorry, they've got they they have a new film that's come out with these new characters as well, young characters, which has just blown the doors off. It's made a ton of money. They, oh, are yeah. they going to? They'll, they'll, they'll be a sequel, won't they? Yeah. Exactly. Or is they going to? Or are they going to think? 
like you like you just said, big picture. Can we can we stretch this out into a longer form series? What can we do? With that, this? That's just my dream. I, I don't. Oh, but it, the but movie it's a possibility. Might, might be a bit like me about it's, it. Might it's be, a but, possibility um, if this does well. Plus, like you say, you got yeah. people like you've got people like Finn Wolfhart from Strain. Carrie Coon. Um, she's been in things like um, Fargo. So, so she's not a and the leftovers. She's not as strange as a TV. Uh, and Bo Keen mm. Woodbine's in this. He's also in Fargo as well. So there's a lot of actors here who come from TV anyway. And the two, yeah, and if TV yeah. and film, the lines are blurred anyway. They're so good. But uh, I TV think Finn Wolfhard is, is the one out of the Stranger Things cast as well. Uh, he's the one who's going to go on and have the big career, I think. Um, I certainly hope so, because uh, I just hope he doesn't take like really crap roles. Because he did that one, uh, was it The Turning, I think it's called? Or whatever it was, beginning of the yes. year. And that was ho- horrible. Wasn't that an, an adaptation of the Bly Manor thing? Uh, it was like the turning of the screw or something like that. Uh, I yeah, don't, that, I think so. The turning yeah. of the screw is a is the book that of the that, sorry, yeah. Man is based on, and that film was just a diabolical. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But then he and he was in it, obviously. So he's kind of like typecasting himself almost in these, or allowing himself to be typecasted into these kind of roles. Where Stranger Things has the vibe, the it films, certainly the first one had that vibe. Um, Ghostbusters looks like it's going to have that kind of vibe. Uh, and then that crappy horror film we did this year was just a horror film. So he's kind of... I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for him. If I, No, so am I. I I just want to see him do good things. That's all. I was at that yeah, horror film. Yeah, yeah. I think it was I think it was called The Turn. I think it was called... But that was just so bad. And it wasn't because of Finn Wolfhart, but um, yeah. it was just... I just don't want to see him go down a road of doing got, like, really bad, bad horror films and like, just doing yeah. these kind of things because they're in his wheelhouse and picking shit because that's what he thinks is expected of him. But... Mate, this looks and sounds like it should be very good. So time will tell on that one uh, about Ghostbusters Afterlife. We've got eight months to wait. Hopefully, in eight months' time, whether it's whether it's as a as a duo or individually, I hope we're coming out of this thinking. Do you know what that was, boss? Oh yeah, I'm 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 confident. I'm really confident. Yeah, well, I said the ingredients are there, mate. So, but we mentioned childhoods and video games and all that good stuff about Ghostbusters, and we can't really move on without mentioning that kind of, that because I remember growing up as a kid, similar to Turtles. I used to love the Ghostbusters, man. I had the Ghostbusters toys. I had the um, I had the fire station where you put this. Oh, most people seem to have this, but you put the slime in the top, and it makes way down to the bottom. And XO one. This is this is what my notes is all around that. Goddamn fire That's station! It. Everybody I know has that. that. It, it was the best. It was the best. And did you get all those? There was the Ghostbusters figures that came out around it. The ones with like the action features. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. Spengler, you squeezed his stomach and his eyeballs yeah. just <laughs> shot out of his face. And then one of the other ones, I think you lifted him up and he had like something in his stomach as well. There was, there was all these different like action features on them. Each one had a different one. But more importantly, that firehouse was the setting for everything in my childhood. That's where that's where Luke and Vader fought. <laughs> that's where like Spider-Man and Venom, the, the, the Turtle fought, Batman, that's where everybody fought on that fire station because it was the best. You couldn't break it. No, it was couldn't. it was the best big chunk of plastic to have all chunk. your figures from everywhere just fight it out. That's where they all just went. At the end of the day when I was done like playing with all my toys, they just all went in the firehouse. The firehouse got pushed in the corner with with all the turtles, again, like I said, the, the Star Wars figures, everything—they were just all in the box. They just all got shut. Come on, guys, back to the fire station. Yeah, mate, I remember that. And he had the doors where you could put Ecto, push Ecto one through. It was—I I had those toys and the marshmallow and Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, uh, Slimer. 
and the, those toys and, he could, and the proton pack like the actual proton pack the plastic one which you, you could you wore with the gun that was boss man I remember I used to go to my friend's house uh, Liam and it's me Liam Will and Steve or Steve one at the time we were the Ghostbusters man we, we each had a proton pack and we'd bring them around and we'd play Ghostbusters we all had yeah. and we all had our own proton pack and we'd go around to Liam's house as a kid and we'd play Ghostbusters and that was quality I remember for, that for- Always remember For that. people who are fans of the of the toys as well, and still have the same kind of brain damage that I do, and still collect toys to this day as a twenty seven year old man, they've just released Hasbro. Have just got the Ghostbusters yeah. license, and they've now got the Plasma series, which is the Black series, but for Ghostbusters. So we're getting six inch scale with the, the it's the new photo scanning technology on the faces. The faces. I don't know if you've seen these, mate. They look yes, incredible. I have. Oh, they, I have seen them. Yes. I've got them all in my Amazon wish list, just waiting to press fire. But there's the there's an Ecto One six inch scale mm-hmm. car as well. You you can get a full sized one to one scale uh, Spengler's Neutrona wand, so you, you can get his get his plasma thing. It's just you can get they're selling everything. They're selling everything basically everything you ever wanted as a Ghostbusters collector. You are now getting and this this plasma series. It's going to be their Black Series. You're going to get every single character, as long as it sells, but I imagine it yeah, will. Of course. Well, they, um, they look quality. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, if you like the Black Series figures, then these are the ones. I, I, they look so... I'm just looking at the faces now on Google. They look so good. They, they do, mate. So honestly. so damn good. Look at Venkman's hair, mate. And if you look at the... There was the McFarlane ones or the, and the Select ones as well, which had been out for a few years before, and I keep seeing them when I go into B&M, and they're on sale for like a fiver. And I was looking at them. You you compare the faces of those ones now, mm-hmm. the, the select figures to these. Has, Jesus, it is yeah, not it's, even it's close. Chalk and cheese, mate. It was not even. It's not even close. It's just, it's I, I've never liked the select dust. figures, and I, for some reason, select are getting some more lines now. Select just got a Star Wars line. Yeah. Select a weird seven-inch line of figures. They're just a bit bigger than most figures. Choose a standard, which is six-inch now, like Necker, Black Series. All these figures are six-inch, and then. The select ones, they're really brittle plastic as well. Like, you can't pose them. If you try and move them into a pose, like, there's a chance you'll snap them. Sorry, select, if you're listening, but, yeah, not 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 good. Hasbro are doing Hasbro are doing the business right now. Yeah, we do. We don't mind a bit of Hasbro. Daddy here might put in some calls about those figures, to be fair. Um, oh, as soon as soon as I as soon as I realised it, it, it was them, I was like, you know what? Yep. Hopefully, <laughs> putting a call about those figures. Uh, who am I going to call? I'll tell you. Um, no, yeah, that, that I I don't collect as much figures as I want to, just because of space. But every time I see figures like this, it's just like I I can see them on a on a shelf with a lovely green backlight behind them. I can see that, and they look wonderful. They look genuinely so, cool. and these ones look quality and. Obviously, the ones the kid like, like we all had the ones of the kid. We remember those, and we love we love those as, as, with for varying nostalgic reasons. But these ones just look amazing, mate. And I just remember, like I say, playing on the playground with as Ghostbusters going out to my mate's house with the proton pack and being Ghostbusters, having that fire truck and having the slime. I've said to told you the story off air before, but what better time to mention it? I remember doing PE in school as like a four four year five year old when in the UK you used to do PE in your vest and pants at a certain age, which is really quite odd. And one of the lads had a <laughs> pair of pants on and on the crotch it said, It's slime time and they were Ghostbusters pants <laughs> and I've never ever been able to get that out of my at a time 
never knew what that meant. But now I was like, how on earth did they get away with the slime time? Oh, as a kid, he obviously did understand the race ant scene. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, he was just posturing. He's kind of like saying, hey, hey ladies, at five years old. But he, he went on to become Hugh Hefner. But um, that was... <laughs> Looking back now, that was dodgy marketing, but I always remember that, mate. But yeah, I used to really, really like the Ghostbusters as a kid. I watched the real Ghostbusters when I was a when I was a lad as well, the animated series, and mm-hmm. I went off it. I didn't go off it, but you know, I fell off that wagon fairly early-ish on. Um, but I remember watching that as a kid and enjoying that, and um, and the games as well. I've played a few, but I know you've played probably more. Uh, there's been a there's been a, a ton of obviously infamous Ghostbusters bad games, good games, everything. But the one the, the one for me, like I said before, is is the the recent one. That is, if if you want a, a Ghostbusters experience sort of thing, that is the one to go with by far. Um, the, obviously, having the writers from that, mm-hmm. having the the voice actors again, it's a great little story. It's the perfect story for you just you come in as a as a rookie guy just joining the team and you're running around with them and i don't know if you've ever played luigi's mansion matt or, uh, or no, anybody but listening. my stepkid has it and she plays it. it it's a similar kind of thing where you gotta you gotta like pull you, you attach your beam to the ghost and then you gotta try and pull them in obviously to the traps and if you you got to set the trap yourself and then obviously run up and catch the ghost buster uh, the ghost even but yeah that that's the one to play there's obviously Again, there's a ton. There's there's the NES one, which was not great. Uh, there's the arcade ones. There there hasn't been many good ones. And then obviously we got th- this one in 2009, which was it was the one. It was the best is it, one. Is it, is it the best Ghostbusters game you could like feasibly ask for? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the dream. It's, it obviously gets a lot of credit in like the small pockets of Ghostbusters fans. But if you haven't played it and you're a Ghostbusters fan. You got to do it. You've got to play it. It is. I want to play it's it. It's Ghostbusters three. It's Ghostbusters three, even more than Afterlife's going to be. Yeah. Well, in yeah, the sense if that everyone's on board. Everyone's on board, and in a video game, you don't have this thing where they just look like the Ghostbusters did in the eighties. Like, even though it's two thousand nine, like they they look no different. Yeah. It's literally like diving into a Ghostbusters three movie that never happened, and then you get to play it instead. So, yeah, it's it's perfect. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I haven't really seen much gameplay, but I've seen the graphics and it looks great. It really oh, does yeah. look great. And it looks like the sort of thing which that I'd really like to play. And I just, I just haven't been able to get around to play, but getting it. But I imagine it's not, it can't be that much money anymore. It must be, must be able to get it for a decent price, surely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be on, it'll be on sale for stuff. Um, I imagine mm-hmm. there'll be, a, I think there was a, there was a sale on PS4 a bit back, like a Halloween sale or something like that. And it, it was cheap there, but um, yeah, it, it will be cheap. It will be cheap now. I want to play that one. The one I remember playing is the Ghostbusters 2 video game on the, I think it's on the Atari. I think I played it on. And that's the one I remember. I always remember, because watching the film always takes me back to the scene where where they're lowering Ray down to the the slime, river of slime. And you having to shoot <laughs> the ghost on the way down. I, I, I can never get past that. It took me so long. And they're doing, their, they're doing their New York accents. In the New York accents, yeah. Um, that, uh, that's how I remember that game. It, a bit poor, actually, that game was, but... Um, and the arcade game, I played the arcade game as well, and that was okay. But I really want to play this this new one, this re- new uh, sixteen ninety nine, mate. If you want it physically on the PS four, oh, just give it a quick quick Google for you. This, we've got a ninety two percent for it as well. Um, That's what I want to hear, and then mate. A, a four point five star out of eighty product reviews as well. So yeah, it's 
People love it. Yep. Everybody who's bought it loves it, basically. That's what I want. Then I will I will pick it up at some point, mate. With something like Ghostbusters, I know that if I play it, I can, I'm can. i going to get myself immersed in it because it's the Ghostbusters. I've got that familiarity yeah. and that comfort. So I am getting there more and more with games. But th- this one seems right up my fire station, mate. <laughs> yes. It, uh, you want to cross your stream with this one, mate, definitely. <laughs> Complete proton reversal. Um, so that's Ghostbusters, I think. So I think we'll both absolutely dig that first one and everything everything about the first one. I mean, we we spent more time on the other films because Ghostbusters almost speaks for itself. We, if, if you're listening to this, you know the quotes, you know the characters, you know the moments. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It, it is a perfect film for me. It, yeah. It's I, I judge films on not sort of everything that every film ever. I judge films on what is that film trying to do? If it's if it's a comedy, is it funny? Is it, If it's an adventure sort of sci-fi thing, does that work? And Ghostbusters, it works on every single level that it goes for. It works on for me. Yep. Peter Venkman lying about the, the kid's psychic abilities because he fancies her at the <laughs> beginning. It's like, great. you got Rick Moranis as the lovable nerd throughout. When Peter Venkman just says, tells William Peck, you know, this man has no dick. It's true, yeah. That <laughs> This man has no dick. That's right. The, the whole goes When Ray's trying to bark in with Gozer at the end, I and the fact that Gozer, they're like, Gozer's, Gozer's a woman, Mate, honestly, there's so much, so much good stuff in there. Like the way it's written is so snappy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who is your favourite Ghostbuster, Matt? We did the "Who is your favourite turtle?" question. So, who's your favourite? Great shout that is. Um, and that also leads me to one last question I got about the Ghostbusters. Few after that. Ah, uh, oh, it's easy to say Peter because he's so out there. Um, Ray is just well. Ray likes ghost sex, and how uh, Egon is. Part of me likes Egon the most. I think I'll go for Peter just because it's Peter. And I'm going to fire the question back to you. And the reason why I didn't mention Winston was because, is it just me or Winston just kind of gets really short shrift in these films? Yeah, he does. He, sh- he shows up just halfway through the first one. And then mm-hmm. at the end, it always sticks out to me when when everything like explodes and they're at the top of the thing and they've just fought um, Zool and whatnot. And they go, Rangman, are you okay? Um, and then somebody's like, Stancy, you okay? And then uh, Spangler, are you okay? And then Zedmore just walks into frame and you're like, well, nobody asks him <laughs> if he's okay. They've, he they've all just been his... wiped out, like laid dead on the floor and they're all asking if they're okay and they just don't ask him if he's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Winston gets, uh, Zedmore gets a short shot. I like the guy, I like the character and again. He looks like a right hunk now still. He's really... Oh yeah, when he shows up in 2016, he looks great, doesn't he? He does, yeah, and he's coming back. He came back for the video game, obviously. He's coming back for Afterlife. He's he's going to be back in it, but yeah, that first one, man, is I, I really dig it. So probably Peter, just because he's the most uh, obvious choice. But but then I think they've all got, and that's why it works so well because they've all got the qualities which I could easily, on any other day is like Ray because he's just like so weird. It's, it's Egon like, for like, me. Some of the things e- he does. Egon's mine, and then it's Egon, yeah, because he's just like it's it's Aaron Ramos, isn't it? Yeah, e- Egon's mine, and it's. I don't know. I always end up going towards the Dork character. I like, like Donatello is my favorite <laughs> turtle as well. Like I, I don't know, it's strange, but um, yeah, Egon, Egon's mine definitely. Well, that's fair enough. And probably should mention as well, Sigourney Weaver is great in both oh, films. Yeah. Apparently, when coming she, off with when like she Alien showed up well. to the audition, she was like crawling around on the table, pretending to be a cat and stuff, and just being like super bonkers. You hear all these stories about Sigourney Weaver, but yeah, that one was. I'll have to find the video and I'll I'll post it out on the socials or something because it's crazy what she was doing. 
I'd love to watch that because that doesn't sound mad. Because yeah. she's coming off Alien, and Aliens is coming out not long after. So she's in, no, she's not, she's a household name. She's now, doing all right. And she's you? in this. She's doing all right. She's good in this. She's good in the second one. I also found out that actually the, the little lad who played Oscar, the little the ba- the boy who, who was, he, he passed away at age 28, which was a oh, shame. True. I found yeah. that out. Yeah. Little Oscar, but you know, there's, there's ups and downs in these films, but that first one stands on its own. I love, love, love that film. Mm-hmm. And something that the, something that the 2016 version did get right was in Waterloo station in London, they had a massive marshmallow man, a model which looked like it was coming out of the ground they'd erected it <laughs> in the station yeah and it had they, and it was i remember i was going to work uh, in london that day uh one of the days and i saw it, and it um i've got a picture somewhere and it was amazing just to see this massive marshmallow man yeah. like breaking through the floor of waterloo station so they got the marketing of that right because that was wicked but again it was kind of like with the marshmallow man synonymous with the first original film but, yeah yeah, man, I, yeah, I, I dig these films. I'm so glad we had a chat about them and got to re-watch them again. Mm. And I'm glad you got to watch that 2016 one, just so you could say, look, I've seen it now, and you can form your own opinion on it. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that's something as well. It was nice to do it away from the noise, anyway. Yeah, away from all those numbers. But So that's our Ghostbusters episode, guys. Let us know what you thought about the Ghostbusters films, like individually or all together, or the franchise. Again, Did you play the game? As, as well, we say this every time on NPM, but we're not about being arseholes with people, so... All the stuff I said about 2016 not being for me and stuff, if you loved it, just power to you. I wish I did as well. It's not not a judgment of anybody. If you enjoy something or you don't, if you hate the first one, also, that's fair enough. <laughs> like, yeah, we, man. It's fine. If you if you had those It's Slime Time pants, then fine. Good. Well done. <laughs> or for the United States, they're called underwear. But if you had those, great. More power. Definitely all the power to you. Um mm. So yeah, let us know what you thought about those films, guys. But we 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 don't go anywhere on NPM without uh, letting the other one know what we've been getting up to over the last. We week. just don't go anywhere. In. That's why we that's why we indulge in all this stuff. <laughs> this is this this conversation is basically just a ninety minute um, snippet of what we talk about anyway. Because as soon as the, the episode's over, oh, one yeah. of us will send something anyway, and it will just carry on. So, um, yeah. but we always we always talk about what we've been indulging in, pop culture wise. So films, books, I know video games comics whatever it music whatever it might be uh, we just kind of have a little chat about what we've been checking out and Ant's always got a fantastic selection mate so what have you been checking out man i've got a mental list of stuff here mate and it's gonna it's gonna it's just gonna run the ringer of everything so um to get into it first i did uh i finished black mesa um yeah i tweeted out one of the best games i've ever played i think and it, again it's easy top 25 games I've played. It was... So all the stuff that I was saying about it being perfectly paced at the start with the with the breakout in the lab and all this stuff. Spoilers for a game that came out in 1998, but still. Hmm. the What ends up happening in the game is... Um, they put this out in the trailers, so it's not too much of a spoiler, but to get things back right with Black Mesa um, and all the, obviously, aliens that have been released into it and whatnot they reverse the process of what they did to release them into Black Mesa and mm-hmm. send Gordon, the character you're playing as, into Zen, which is their world. And when you arrive at Zen, that was the picture I tweeted out um, from Antshot first, from my um, personal Twitter. It, oh my God, it is stunning. It is absolutely stunning. You're just basically running around like among the stars, like fighting these aliens and stuff. And the whole thing is to get to the the, the big bad of all the aliens, the big you know the score it's the big mother brain alien and you've got yeah, to go yeah. take it out to, to take out the rest of them and um 
yeah, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I'm going to do Half-Life 2 after, um, well, I'll probably play something else between, but I'll do Half-Life 2. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get into Half-Life 2 as well, because just to continue this story, I've played Half-Life 2, but it's been so long, and I hadn't played um, Black Mesa or the original. So Black Mesa is obviously a remake of the original, and um, yeah, so it'll be Half-Life 2 at some point. I've started Shadow of War as well. Um, nice. I got my beefy PC up and running properly, and uh, I didn't have much money to buy games or anything, so I was like, you know what, screw it, I'll just get Xbox Game Pass on um, my PC. So I did that. Shadow of War was on there, so I've started that. It's great. It's kind of a mix between... um, It's kind of like an Assassin's Creed game, but with the combat of the Batman Arkham games and some of the like exploration of like Fallen Order, for example. Um, It's... if, If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, it's it's a dream come true as far as a game because you're playing in the era between the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings while basically Bilbo had the ring in um, the Shire. So yeah, great game. Um, Been having fun with that. There's a nemesis system in the game basically where there are all these orc sergeants and captains and all this. And basically if you get defeated by one of them, they, they rank up and they get more and more powerful. But if you defeat one of them, or, or, or kill them. One of them might get brought back to life by something, and then they, they come back with even more. And they, they remember everything that happens. So it's not just like blank enemies in the game. If you defeat a guy by like stealth killing him, he'll come back next time, and he's he's now he learned his ways, and you can't stealth nice. kill him, and he's a bit more powerful. And he comes and says, "You won't sneak up on me again, Ranger!" Like, and then they come and chase after you and whatnot. And it's oh man, it's so that and that is like. Just in addition to the story, which the story's great at the minute, I've just met up with Gollum and he's trying to help me out, take me places to assassinate Don't people and whatnot. Him. But oh God, he's, he's just as much of a little twat as always. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I started Game of Thrones again. Um, yes, you did. I've missed that universe so, 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 so much. Uh, coming off the sour taste of the final few episodes of that final season, um, it's easy to forget how good that show is. And going back in, I was like, oh, God. We, Matt and I talk a lot about our favourite sort of worlds to be in. And I think it's the thing me and you share that we really like lore, don't we? We really like yeah. jumping into a world and sort of just digging around in it. And obviously, I think... Knowing there's more to it than just what meets the eye. Yeah, watching a film and then being able to go, right, now I can go and read a book or play a game. And that's my favourite thing. And it's... I think we share a lot of the same ones, obviously Star Wars being the the main one and Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and all these kind of big, massive worlds that you can dig into, the characters and the little subplots and whatnot. But Game of Thrones is one of the best, isn't it? As as far as just a world to indulge in. In terms of the world, yeah, man. um, As I've said to Anne, I, I watched the first five seasons and just fell off the wagon just because I just couldn't keep up with watching. I know that sounds really odd, what, an hour a week, but I just fell off it. And I, but I think I thought the first four scenes were quality and the fifth one was great. So I haven't seen uh, six and seven and I am going to go back and watch them. And when Anthony mm. was watching it, it kind of gave me the push to think, so you know what? I we really do that a lot, don't we, mate? We, we inspire each other to go do a thing. Like you'll send me, oh, I'm doing this and I'm like, shit, I'm going to do I that. Then I get jealous. I'm like, oh, I want to do that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you're right. The thing about things like Game of Thrones, specifically and lord of the rings and star wars and potter and all that is that it's not just the main people you follow everybody's got a story and that's what i find interesting is that and then when you find out about these stories the people within those stories have got stories and before you know it 
you've got a hundred new characters, like five new worlds or places to visit, different weapons, different ability, whatever it might be. And it's almost like never ending. And it's testament to people who build those bloody things, like a build oh, worlds God, it out. It because... stresses me out even thinking about building one of them worlds. <laughs> but but yeah, I agree, mate. I, look, I like I like I like being able to watch a film and just seeing. Okay, well, I don't I don't need to know about the lore, the world, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. That's also nice too. Well, even like Alien, like the Alien or like Terminator and stuff like that, you know oh, there's more going on in the background. Oh, I totally forgot about that as, a, as another world, obviously. Alien. Alien is another one of my favourite universes to be in. If I could think after the show is finished, episode or the film, what next? Like when you watch Ghostbusters, you kind of, you, you, for me, I'm the kind of guy that's like, I wonder what happened next. Was that it? Or were they, yeah, were, were yeah. they, did they have to bust again to feel good? Or was that we, it? We, you know? we spoke about this the other day, didn't we, mate? Just to bring this up. And in the sense that you and I are massively into the Star Wars universe. You've obviously mm-hmm. got, you've obviously got your amazing podcast on that. And we've got all these people and we're, we're massively involved in that community. And we always, I, I like to just do these what ifs and stuff. And if it didn't exist, if Star Wars just never got popular or the movies never even came out or whatever, it's a sad time for all. We'd all mourn. Yes. But what what do you think it would be? What do you think your your sort of universe would be? And I'm not talking in terms of, of forget about the forget about the um, the popularity. Oh, you, you got to pick this because it'd be the biggest. I mean, just no, of course, yeah. Which which one would you like to step in and take this way? You'd be involved in the community and stuff. I, it's just a, it's just a, a great thing to think about, isn't it? Like, what would take it's a the hell place? Of a question. I mean, I'd love to say Lord of the Rings, and Lord again, the looking, Rings is the looking through the looking glass, we spoke about this yesterday off air about why there isn't really much of a community. There is a massive fervent fan base for Lord of the Rings, but yeah. it is a much more niche thing. And I kind of hypothesise that maybe it's because it isn't quite as accessible to the mainstream. The books, mm. I mean, the books aren't exactly the ones you can pick up and read. Lord of the Rings is closer to Star Wars than anything. It it's is. A, it's, it's a, a dude, hero coming out of nowhere. A hero coming out of nowhere from basically a farm to yeah. take down the big bad who's got mm-hmm. his massive army that he's amassed with this dark power. And it's so Star Wars. Yeah. All these things are the same, aren't they, really? when If you break down it's to the hero's the journey, core levels, it? Harry Potter is Star Wars too. Yeah. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are so similar. It is unbelievable. It's just... It, it's basically the difference between the little nuance of the world worlds. Sorry, that's it. And at the core of them, they've just got a core group of characters which works. You've got yeah. obviously Luke, Han, Leia, and Lando uh, in the subsequent films. After you've got Han, uh, Han, you've got Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Like the uh, like the Wizarding worlds, Han, Luke, and Leia. In Lord of the Rings, you've mm-hmm. got obviously the Hobbits, but then you've got like the Fellowship as a whole. Like the Fellowship, there's your core of which you follow. Um, but then someone like Alien, you've really just got Ripley. But um, there is... Hey, don't those... forget about my man Hicks. Oh, and Hicks as well. You know, and Newt, you know, respect to those, rest in peace to those guys. Um, I would like to think Lord of the Rings, but I probably, looking at it now, let's say there's no such thing as Star Wars, it would probably be Potter, I imagine, because Turtles for me, I love the Turtles, but... We both admitted that we haven't we haven't caught up with the animated series. We haven't been watching them as, no. as much over the last decade. Alien, again, up and down with with those films. Yeah. Uh, Terminator again, the same as well. Jesus, there's more bad Terminator films than there are good ones now, isn't there? That's the problem, mate. Whereas Potter has the potential because it's got the books, it's got the films. You can spin yeah. off and do TV series if you want to. You can do other films like they are trying with the Fantastic Beasts. You've got the Wizarding World theme park, which I'm sure we're going to speak about one day. Oh. You know, there's a lot to dive into there. Plus also, it has that kind of childlike 
wonder that Star Wars brings as well. It's kind of like, I know they're obviously kids in the film, or growing up to be you got the score teenager, sounding but... pretty similar as well. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's just a world, or... man. It's just you, there's so much mm. you could do within that world. So it probably would be Potter. Uh, if it wasn't for Star Wars, I probably would have actually read the books as well and dedicated more it's time. It's amazing sitting with um, with Beth watching Harry Potter because the way that me and you could sit with somebody who's a, a layman in a Star Wars film and they could sit and go, oh, who's that guy? And me and you could go, oh, well, that guy, he, he, he's a doctor from another world, but he came here because he was banned on all seven systems and then he gets his... Do you know what I mean? We yeah, could yeah. do that. Beth can literally do that with everything in Harry Potter, so I'm I'm sorted. Anytime go. I go, who's that guy? Beth will go, oh, well, in the books, what happens with him is that it, and it just goes. That and I'm like, is this what it's like yeah. when, yeah, is this what it's like when we watched Star Wars together? She went, oh, no, you're way worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't doubt, I don't, I doubt that. I was, no, it's nice to have a, a little Potopedia next to you, which is, that's quality. Oh, yeah. That's quality. Um, so it probably would be that for me, but what about you? Are you going the same or are you going somewhere left field? In terms of, like I said, disregarding which one would end up taking the place and just which one I would want to be there. Mm-hmm. It would probably be Lord of the Rings, honestly, because yeah. it, it, it is so much of Star Wars is in Lord of the Rings. When, when you when you watch those films and sort of pick them apart, there is so much of it is just Star Wars without spaceships. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, yeah, the core values of Star Wars. So I'm not saying there's... I'm not saying it's like Jedi lightsabers and spaceships. It's not what I mean. Like the the core elements of Star Wars of what the the fight between good and evil, the the politics playing the around who's going to help who, friendships. Yeah, exactly. And the, the, the it's all there. It is it's, all there yeah, in Lord of the Rings. It's the fight in the face of a such massive adversity as well, isn't it? Yeah, like the fellowship yeah. up against the entirety of Sauron's armies. Yeah. And fighting against obviously oppression from this evil dark lord, and yeah, it's all that. Um, outside of that, mate, to end it on a dour note for the last one, I watched a documentary on Netflix called "American Murder: The Family Next Door." Have you seen this? Uh, no, but um, that title, I can't think of what it might be about. Oh God, mate, it just put me in a bad. <laughs> I don't even know. NPM's probably not the place for this, but any of you guys out there who's watched it, just send me a message because. It put me in a bad mood all day. It oh, is awful. It's just, it's just one of those documentaries. You know what it's going to be. It's just one of those things where it's kind of unfurls in front of your eyes, and you're just like, "Oh no!" And it just is just awful. And I want to speak to somebody else who's watched it because I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't watched it, Matt. But there is a certain thing that they do in this documentary where they they sort of they paint something in a certain light for the entire documentary and then pull the rug from under your feet to tell you something else at the end. And I'm trying to be as vague as I can here, but I would be absolutely furious if I was the family of this person in this show. Okay. Because the way that they paint it basically is that this one person's an arsehole and then they go, Oh, actually no, it turns out that they weren't all along. And I'm like, well, you knew that when you started the documentary and, the family had to go through everything they've been through and you've just, oh, it's awful. It's, it just put me in a bad mood. I don't know if you've ever watched any of these. I, I end up watching them just out of like pure, just, oh God, I don't know if it, and I'm squinting at them the whole time because I just don't want to know. But but, what, but once, once you yeah. start, you kind of have to know. Oh, it's just, it's horrendous, mate, what happens in this documentary. It is I, You wouldn't believe that humans could behave like this. Oh, and, no. Well, I, now I've got to watch it. Oh, it's just, only. Any of you guys see what's the one with the uh, don't fuck with cats? 
I have now watched that, haven't I? Because you made me. You have watched that. that <laughs> so you, talk, you that... mentioned, didn't you? And I watched it like the next day. Well, that one makes you feel awful, but it's also got this like thing at the end where it's like, oh my God, that guy was doing this thing the whole time, basically. This one doesn't have anything like that. It's just awful. It's oh, just man. absolutely awful. So what was it called again? American Murder, The Family Next Door. Again, this is not a, ooh, NPM fun time recommendation. It's, oh God. This is just an fetish. Someone, someone message me and give me some therapy if you have watched it, because I just, I stood up after it. I was I watched it with Beth and I stood up after it in the front room and I'm like pacing around the front room. So how can you do that? Like how can you do that? How can you physically do that? Like, I, I, it made me mad. It made like me furious. Seven of them pacing around the front room. <laughs> and, and I was just venting all this stuff and I can't do it without spoiling it for the thing that made me mad. But go on Netflix, uh, the way you they've bastards. made it. Yeah, the way they've made it is. It's quite gaudy. It's quite awful what they did. So how how yeah. long is it? Is it like an hour, two hours? It's just an hour long one. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna ba- I'm gonna uh, excuse the terminology, but I'm gonna bash that out tonight, mate. I think. Yeah, do it, and just let me know as you go along. You have to live message me, it, mate, because I want to know the journey you go on. Because I went on a journey, and then I really hated Netflix for that journey, <laughs> and it's never been the same since. Um, no, bad mood. I mentioned all six foot seven of Ant. If if it is for Ghostbusters or whatever, when the when the first official MPM team photo comes out, you will see a massive height difference. I just want to let everybody out there now know you will It'll see just a, be a huge... picture of me. Yeah, it will be, and it seems like the tuft of my hair. I am a very small man, and is a very tall, strapping man. Um, so just getting out there now, um, so I don't feel quite so bad. But a fine selection there, a fine smorgasbord of treats there, mate. Uh, mine is a lot less glamorous and a lot shorter as well. Um, I watched. A couple of films from the sixties again for again for movie astrology. I watched a birthday party, which is the only William Friedkin film I hadn't seen, and I've now seen it. And oh, wow. and Oliver, that? the film about that little lad who picks a pocket or two. Uh, I watched that as well. But birthday party was okay, mate. It's fine. It's all right. Um, there's a he did did that, and then he did another film. No, he did that, and he did Minsky's. I can't remember what it's called now. So like Minsky's, the night before the raid at Minsky's, or something like that, the same year. And then not long after that was bashing out the French Connection. Um, so that's the now my Friedkin collection is now complete. I've watched every film of. Um, oh, that's a good feeling, isn't old it? Old Bill. Well, I loved his style. I don't always like all of his films. I'm not mm. one of those blinkered people who just because I like the director's style or his mannerisms. Yeah, not well, all of his films. We work. asked this question a bit, but didn't we? Like, what, what was your favorite? I, I, I... I was sort of leaning towards like Carpenter or Spielberg or mm. something like that, but like it's a different kind of question to the director that's made most of my favorite films of all time is by far Spielberg, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're your favorite director. Does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah, because like, like we said with if Carpenter, you to, if you were to knock your twenty-five in, maybe Friedkin doesn't make more than a different director makes, but it's the style you're talking about, aren't you? And you, you're a big style, fan of his style. It's like the unflinching unwavering kind of attitude like this is my film this is how i'm going to make it and yeah. to hell if people like it this is my vision um yeah. that's something like bug goes into that as well like how he made bug with michael shannon and ashley judd who are so good in that obviously um obviously killer joe as well that's an uncompromising beast of a film but it's not for the mainstream but he, he worked with tracy letts on that who's going to be in ghostbusters afterlife uh, but he's just got it's just his way of making films and his particular style. Obviously, he's known for the documentary film, but it's just like the dialogue. Uh, and again, a lot of his work is based upon um, work that's already out there, adapted some of it. But 
I like it. But then yeah. he gets on like the Guardian, which is fucking shit. Uh, which is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> and he, um, he, Alan von Smith, did that bad boy as well. He distanced himself from the film, but he still mm. made it. Um, and a, a few of his other films don't all, don't always hit the mark. But you know, they he's a he's a he's somebody who I like because he tries something different. Something like uh, Cruising when it came out, a film about like the CDS and M clubs. Did you don't make films like that back then? And um, the one I watched the other week, which is really bad, I can I can't remember the damn title of it. It will come to me at some point, but. He's got, he touches upon subjects which are very taboo and just thinks, well, do you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I like that, man. So, um, so I thought, that, and Oliver watched that as well. Uh, I also watched the Star Wars Lego holiday special. Oh, on shit. Disney yeah, Plus. I watched that, yeah. Like 47 minutes long. I had a good time with it, mate. I, it can, I, it, listen, it's, it's Lego Star Wars. You know what you're going to get. I don't care about canon or anything like that when it comes to this kind of stuff. I wanted a good fun. And for the most part, I, I liked it, mate. I, somebody, our voice acting was a bit iffy from like Finn, but um, I liked the story, mate. I thought there had some good g- gags in it. The uh, Obi-Wan was wonderful. Every, every, all he basically said was, hello there. And the yeah. triple, uh, the only thing about the triple, hello there, I missed was, I wish I'd had old Alec Guinness Lego in there with them. I would have loved to have seen all four yeah. Obies in there, but yeah. hello there. That I died when I heard that. I went back and rewatched it like four or five times. Hello there. Um, <laughs> little, I, I, so I really, I liked it an awful lot. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's what it is. If I sat down and watched it with the kids, I'm sure they'd find it funny as well. I, th- I thought it was wonderful. I, I love the Lego stuff. I, lo- I love the Lego games. The Lego movie was great. Um, I still haven't seen the Lego Batman one. I heard people say that was That's really good. good as well. That's good. Um, but yeah, Lego Lego is just a weird thing now where it's just like an accepted art style and and, yeah. and sort of tone style as it is outside of it being a toy. It is now just, yeah, it's a Lego thing. And it's, it's, like, it's like seeing just a, yeah, you know what you're going to get, like you said, and it's, it's it. usually something of quality and it's usually something where... It's funny for the kids and the adults, which is always good. Yeah, and there's it, it, like, exactly it, you know what you're going to get. If you like the Lego films, you're going to you can find a lot to like here. If you like Star Wars, you're going to find an awful lot to like because it it pays oh, yeah. it, it honors Star Wars, but it also takes the piss out of the whole thing in equal measures. And it's great, like the way they rip the sequels, yeah. they rip the OT, they rip the PT. It's just fun. It's just it's made of a bit of fun. It's set just after Rise of Skywalker for whatever that's worth, but. If you like Lego, the Lego films, you're going to like this. And yeah, watch Lego Batman because I found that <laughs> well, that was really funny. Yeah, but... I, I do need to watch it. Yeah, I do, I but do, the I other do, thing, which I know we both watched because we're both legends, uh, Mandalorian season yeah. two, episode three, chapter it's eleven. A, a segment now, isn't it? Just a little little review of Mando at the end. Mando of Mando moments at the end of this. Yeah, uh, the heiress. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I gave my main thoughts on the sessions Mando recap. Um, spoiler for that show, which came out. Thought this episode was awesome. I really, and not great. just because. And again, we've gone past the spoiler threshold now. Not just because Bo Katan turned up, even though she was absolutely badass. She made the man look like a right punk throughout. But I just thought it was this a well-written, well-written. This is the way. Well-written um, episode. It it was half an hour long, but it didn't feel like it's half an hour long. It was. It had some great fun moments in it, and we got to see Frog Lady meet up with the frog equivalent of Ant. What absolute hunk! Of a frog, like pure <laughs> frog spawn gold. He a was funky frog. <laughs> he was a right beefy frog. But oh, so I, um, so I've already given like my main thoughts on that. And if you don't listen to that show, then there was my thoughts. I really like this episode, that episode. But and what did you think, mate? I, yeah, it was great. This season, 
if it keeps going like this, it's going to be better than the first season, isn't it? It's batting a better average think, at the minute where so. every episode is incredible. It has transitioned into a different kind of show now. That's okay by me. The first season is this standalone little thing about this guy on these little adventures and whatnot. This one, he still has the little adventures, but they're now being tied into much bigger, mm-hmm. much, much bigger events they throughout feel more the connected, Star Wars universe as a whole. Yeah, it's now... This is the payoff for all of us that have always been into everything else outside of the movies, the games, the books, the comics. It is all coming together now. And I'm so happy with the way they've done it because I was one of the biggest skeptics before this season started where I said, I don't know about bringing all these people in. But the way that they're going from place to place, we're still having the same feel. As much as I said, it has transitioned in the sense it is bigger stakes now. We're still having these... We had the we had the big episode where obviously we're taking out the crate dragon, which yeah. just felt like until the tie in moment, it felt like the big tie moment at the end was obviously the reveal of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. It felt like just an episode of season one, but then you get this little tie in. And then episode two, you get this obviously you get the, the spider stuff and whatnot, and then you get this big tie in again. You got, and then this one, little mission, you get the tie in early on with Bo Katan, oh, which you think is like sort of there. That's it, yep. Yeah, you think that's it, and you get this action set pieces which are great. They look better than ever, and then you get obviously the big thing is, um, yeah. Next, next you need to go find Ahsoka Tano. Not necessarily the next episode. I think it'll be the episode after, won't it? The yes, Filoni one. So, yeah. um, I think he'll he'll go. He'll try and go to wherever he's going to now in the next episode, um, and I think Ahsoka will be there at the end, and then we'll get Ahsoka in the in the next episode after that. So episode five will be the Ahsoka episode, I think. No, I think um, you're right. I think if we don't see her at the end of the next episode, he'll definitely be on, I think it's the planet Corvus. He'll definitely Corvus, be there yeah. on the episode. I, I imagine so, but yeah, you're right. I, I was asking episode... this as well. Do you think Corvus is um, any tie into the Battlefront 2 ship? From well, the... as soon as I heard it, I was like, ah, oh, Battlefront 2 ship, because I'm a, yeah. I'm a staunch believer in that canon story. Yeah, it was far too small and... Biden switched sides far too early. Oh, the fact that she switched sides. But I love the story and all the little, I love the little moments in it. And the Corvus, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, the Corvus, sweet. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it was built there. Maybe they, or something, I don't know. But I, I hope that doesn't have any more significance because. And you know, another question, is Iden showing up this season? Uh, no, I think, I know she, she had a cameo, didn't she? Or Janina mm. Gavanka was in this. tweeting weird stuff. <laughs> I'd like again. I'd like to see her in it because why not? She's Janina Gavankar's oh, mind. I'd lose great my mind. working actress now, and yeah. she, she. It's not like you have to put any makeup on her because she is the character. Just put an imperial or rebel uniform on her. Sorry, yeah. I'd be a rebel now because it's after Jakku. I'd like to, but again, it all comes down to the why. Now, what? Why would she need to be there? Would it make sense? But like you just said, I was the biggest skeptic of bringing Boba back. I was the biggest skeptic of bringing Ahsoka yeah. into this. Bo-Katan, I've dug that because it made sense, but. Yeah, me and you but, are the same on that one. We, we, we both said from the start, Bo is the one that makes sense to show that's up. That's it. But there are there, and I and I wanted to be not proved wrong, but I wanted them. I wanted them just to be able to do it right. If they're going to do it, at least do it right. At least make it feel organic to the story. Boba Fett felt right. I, I I've always had full faith in John Favreau and Dave uh, and their ability to bring us. So I, I have and I am a lot more confident now that when we see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. I, that it will be handled correctly. What what she's going to do, if it's just going to be a talking role with no action, I've no idea. But like everyone's been saying, like Lukey Boy mentioned on the sessions, like I know you've mentioned and other people, 
everything in the trailer was from the first half of the season. We've seen nothing from episodes five, six, seven, and eight now because yeah. we know, we know that what we know where we're going for the next. I episode. love it when they do that as well. I remember when um, Last Jedi was coming out. Oh, is it, it might have been Last Jedi or Force Awakens. One of them, you only saw footage from the first half, didn't you, until the TV spots? Yeah, I yeah. Love it that. And that's, that's just, good because it makes you wonder yeah. what's coming in that last half. And yeah. the only, my only my only niggle is I only had one, which was it's the whole. I need information, but first you need to do something for me thing. Yeah, I get why they're game, doing it. it. Exactly, it's a video game. And, he, and he's a bounty hunter, so they know that they they, they want to uh, utilize his skill. But if every episode has that. I made a joke on somebody else's stream the other day. It's going to be a case if he's going to walk into a canteen and be like, can I, can I use the toilet? And the barman's going to be like, well, first you've got to do something for me. And he's going to yeah. be like, jeez, I need to go to the toilet. Um, yeah. So there's going to be, there's that issue. But you know what? I don't care because the It is an issue, but at the end of the day, the, the universe that we're in, nothing's free in Star no, Wars. and Everybody's the side missions are great. But yeah. the only other thing I want, and I, and I yelped in delight when it happened in this episode, Gideon. I need more Gideon because Giancarlo yeah. Esposito has a presence. He's such a great actor. Empire. He's such a, yeah, for the long live the empire. He's such a great actor anyway. And he has such a brilliant presence. So one part of me is I'm glad they're not overusing Gideon. He is the threat in the background still, but I want to see him, man. He was so good in those penultimate episodes last season. I see he how went, he uses that dark saber. Well, that's it. Bo-Katan wants it. And can, can he can he swing it? Do you think, Matt, or is he? Is he just, I reckon, he's mate. Just, I reckon he's like the Babe Ruth of the Imperials. He's swinging that bad boy. <laughs> and we, have, other people have said, Bo-Katan neat wants wants Gideon because he's got the dark saber. Gideon wants Mando for the baby. There's a triangle going on there. She's coming yeah, back. They're going to meet again. Um, but I want to see more Gideon just because I think because I, I love Esposito's portrayal of that character. But yeah, I think we're going to see Ahsoka. Uh, uh, if, if not uh, her, her face or at least the back of her in the next episode then season of episode 5 I think everyone needs to hold on to their butts because I mm-hmm. think the world is going to explode I hope they get it right uh, I hope that people get what they want from the character well, just to be so creepy. do I so do I I just hope that fans of the character and I'm ignoring all the shit that goes on allegedly with Rosario Dawson outside of um, Star Wars because I ain't interested in getting into that um I just hope that the fans of the character see her, and um, their minds are blown, and there isn't a mm-hmm. kind, there isn't any kind of like, oh well, the Haleku wasn't long enough, or it wasn't Ashley Eckstein, so she didn't sound right, or so. I think she was even if tall. it was the best thing ever, you're still going to get a bunch of people saying that's not my Ahsoka. So. I just hope 99 percent of people, not I just, I just want to see like we had this week when Bo-Katan came on, everything was just like, wow, this is the best thing ever. I'm so pleased to be alive. Going on social media for that time was wonderful because everyone was really digging it. And I just hope we get that with Ahsoka. I just want it to be like a positive explosion. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, Mando, as Mando moments, we both dug this episode. Let's see how we get on with episode four, chapter Mando 12. Mando Picture Madness. It's the new That's section. Mando Picture Madness. Yeah, but the thing <laughs> is, you, won't want, you don't want to hide out under a mask, though. So uh, you can hide <laughs> me under a mask. I'm that fat blue mithril guy from the first Wait, what's episode. what's better, Mando Picture Madness or Moving Picture Mandos? Uh, I, th- I, I think the first one, Mando Picture Madness, I think, because we get That's the word madness in, I think. Yeah. 
Um, on the Mando as well, mate, the only other thing I did, because I had a poorly Padawan this weekend, my little girl, she was, she had a cold, she's feeling a bit under the weather, feeling a bit sorry for herself. So she actually watched a, in the Mando with me on Friday and was all over Baby Yoda. She loved Baby Yoda. <laughs> and then and then I rewatched it again when she had a little rest. But I went back and re- I've basically been binging the Mando. I've just been watching the Mandalorian all weekend. I've, I rewatched the very first episode again, because uh, that's the one I don't go back and watch for some reason. I just kind of never bothered with it. I, I really like it. But I've just always enjoyed the other ones more. I went back and watched the one on the prison ship and episode five, the, the controversial Tatooine episode and all that. Uh, yeah. uh, this is such a great season. Such a wicked TV series. So, But that's me, mate. I've been binging the Mando. But other than that, dude, that is that is it for me, man. I've been eating too much crap food and I've been living my best life in this lockdown. Oh, same, yeah. I'm looking behind just... me. The heavens have opened, mate. So it's, it's moving picture, well, miserable weather out there. <laughs> Miserable picture madness. That's I um, it, yeah. yeah, I'm the same man. It's this lockdown Miserable stuff. Miserable just... precipitation madness. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think I think that's it, mate. I, I've, I've probably done some more stuff, but those are the four that I picked out. You'll have to let me know later. And guys, message me if you've watched American Murder: The Family Next Door, so yes. we can talk each other through what happened because it's awful. Um, <laughs> Consult with each other. Yeah, that's about it, mate. For me. It is. Uh, so tune in next week for our episode where we're talking about St. Matteo of Infrastructure, Rome. I don't know what the hell it's called, but we've done our 1001 Movies to Watch Before You Die episode, which if you listened to last week, you'll know the film we picked. I don't know what it's called, uh, but we'll link to it at some point. It's a biblical epic in black and white from the 60s. So uh, we're going to watch that. And we're going to give our thoughts on it next week. And um, there may be more to the episode. We don't know yet. <laughs> so that's next week's episode. And I'm looking to watch that film over the weekend. And I'm like, nervously excited for it. But that was our Ghostbusters episode. Yeah. Nervously excited is the word. Yeah. But, yeah. Anticipating something at least. But guys, I hope you enjoyed the <laughs> Ghostbusters episode. If you did, uh, let us know. And where can the world find NPM online? You can find us at MP Madness Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, shoot us a message on there anytime. We're all ears. Um, let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know what you think about anything in the episode. Are we wrong? Are we right? Did you watch the shit I watched? Did you play the things I played? Let us know. Yeah, and Ant mentioned his social channel. Where can they find you online? I am at Ant Shot First on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go check it out. You can find me what I watched tonight. .co.uk and what I watch tonight, Instagram, let, uh, Letterboxd as well, uh, Twitter, find me on there and you'll I see get myself my a letterbox. It's really but good. I've, already got an, I've got a notepad thing where I've already written every film I watch down. So Letterboxd makes like, it look so sexy though. I know, but I can't be asked to go through them all. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, we're, we're busy boys now, but uh, if you like what we just heard, uh, please do consider leaving us a good review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, because we love hearing how great we are but it helps the show uh expand and gets more listeners in and we like hearing from you guys every week we'd be lying if we said we we weren't so thank you for sharing liking and uh basically supporting the show we both really appreciate it but until next time everyone from me see ya and from Ant, peace, peace.